welcome to Back in Tunes. <laughs> that was abrupt ending, sorry about that. This is Michael, your host. This is Jacob, his co-host, uh, Robin to his Batman. <laughs> and we're doing this through Skype, so it might sound a little funny. Um, that song is pretty awesome, but I've never even heard of that band, Lion. Actually, I've never even heard of most of these bands outside of this soundtrack. Stan, oh, I know. Stan but, Bush. Hey. What's that? That song was better than the original main theme, honestly. Oh, no kidding. It was really awesome. I'm looking at the names here. Spectre General, Stan Bush, Vince DiCola, NRG, Stan Bush. Oh, wait. Is this, or is it Stan Bush? Yeah, no. Stan Bush. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Weird Al. Vince Weird Al is the only one here known. that I know. <laughs> All right. So if you have never listened to an episode of Back in Tunes, what we do is normally we don't stall like that for two or three minutes awkwardly. Normally we just hop right into the episode. We usually find it on Netflix or somewhere else online. Luckily, the entire series is up on Netflix, so you can watch it there. I am currently watching it on VO, so basically we just talk about the show, the first episode. Um, I guess go ahead and hit play uh, now. What? Jacob, what? I didn't say anything. I'm oh. <laughs> All right. Nom, nom. Now, I remember watching this, you're too young for this, but um, I remember watching this from the very first episode. It truly stunned me. I'd never seen anything like it before. You're just eating away. You're not, you're not saying a word. <laughs> no, never mind. I mean, no, it's, fantastic, it's a fantastic show. It was a lot more mature and growing oh up, God, I, I think. I being a little kid. What's that? Well, no, being, me being a child, of course, and it's giant robots, and I'm, you know, I'm automatically fascinated by it. Oh, I think everybody is. I mean, what was the first giant robot thing you ever saw? Um, besides Transformers? Was it Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Maybe Power Rangers first, but then Transformers. Voltron. Um, oh, Voltron. Uh, there was really GoBots. Voltron. Uh, even, I think, there, it's, a fa- it's something that seemed to come from overseas. Like, uh, Japan audiences were really big into the huge robots. Because I think the very first time I ever saw a giant robot was in one of the Godzilla movies, Jet Jagger. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, freaking Godzilla, okay. He came up with giant monsters. I, I don't remember ever seeing a Godzilla movie uh, with a robot first. Yeah, I think, I, if I remember correctly, I'd I seen it like... I don't always remember it. Uh, I always remember him battling other monsters. But no. Well, evidently here... What's showing up in Transformers is like there's a civil war between two robot factions, and there's just a little bit of sabotage going on, gathering energy for to escape the planet and go find a new one. Look at the artwork. The artwork is absolutely amazing. The design they put into the city to make it look as realistic as possible. That's something I think that Marvel was smart enough knowing that maybe American animation companies couldn't handle this kind of depth on the budget that they needed to do it on. So Marvel took it overseas. The same thing with G.I. Joe. They knew that they could produce episodes faster, a lot more action, more in-depth style um, than American um, companies could. Oh, yeah. They definitely know animation better than we do. I would say filmation is one of What? Especially traditional animation. That's when the Japanese have us. Yeah, I think the only thing that we ever had that really stuck out, uh, stuck out in the early 80s was uh, Masters of the Universe and maybe Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And Jabberjaw. And, uh... No, that was 70s. Jabberjaw was the 70s. That was Hanna-Barbera all the way. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. 
But no, here definitely this plus. Yeah, definitely the setting is very awesome. I mean, this huge, giant, futuristic, mechanical city. And of course, the design everything just seems so clean, so smooth. But I think mainly because it's in Netflix and it's in HD. That's why it looks so amazing. Yeah, I'm not watching. I'm not lucky enough to watch it right now in HD, but I have seen the first few episodes on Netflix. It looks so clean. They did a very good job. Shout Factory currently owns the rights to the whole Transformers animation series, and they've done a very good job of uh, restoring it. That's what I miss about the about you know Transformers. Now it's like they always shifted from like Autobots to Decepticons. Like in between episodes and between scenes. Now it's from their perspective, and it's their perspective. But even so, it's like if you're trying to have appeal to the Decepticon, if the Decepticons appeal to the audience that, you know, they're good people, you're not. They're not. They're just not good at all. They're conservative Tea Party nut jobs. I don't know. I still find the uh, Decepticons highly entertaining, maybe for the wrong reasons. Who's your favorite Decepticon? Uh, well, Starkin was one you just wanted to punch in the face. Yeah. Was, you know, annoying. And the Megatron, you know, just a just a giant dickhead. I kind of like Soundwave. And there was Soundwave. Wait, no, no, I'm yeah, sorry. Soundwave. Shockwave. Shockwave, the purple gun. Oh, yeah. There's Scientist, the head of R&D. Yeah, is he ever in the movies? Because I can't even recall. I try to erase the movies from my mind. The, uh, I, don't th- the- I don't think they added him in the movies, nor did they, nor did they add Hot Rod, which really pissed me off. No, nah, I think they'll eventually add Hot Rod, but Shockwave... And uh, Soundwave are part of the initial run, whereas Hot Rod is part of the second generation, which which is what the animated movie focuses on. Who was voiced by Judd Nelson? Right. <laughs> which play. is an awesome role for him. No kidding. I wonder. I wonder if he holds that near and dear to his heart, like a lot of us do. Oh no, we definitely. Do. I definitely do. I hope he does too. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Well, honestly, if they, do, if they bring him into the movie, it's got to be Judd Nelson. Nah. Oh, well, I don't know. I think, I'm, or maybe he hates Michael Bay. Maybe you never know. But <laughs> Judd Nelson's probably hard up for a job right now, so he'll probably just like take that hit. <laughs> and of course, they had Orson yeah, no, Welles, I mean, Leonard Nimoy, um, Robert Stack. Uh, I think that's it of the celebrities that were in the movie. But they actually spent some good money getting actors and soundtrack. Yeah, and plus, like as you can tell, like the animation on these Transformers is just fantastic. It still holds up to this day. You think that sometimes? I mean, both, like you know. Huh? I said sometimes the animation doesn't hold up that well when you look at stuff like I would say Master Universe maybe the animation hasn't held up as well some of the other cartoons from that era it looks a little cheap they really spent a lot of money on this maybe maybe because they knew I can't I can't remember I was too young to remember if the comics and the toys had already been out by the time the cartoon premiered right probably I don't know I wouldn't know I didn't even know there were comics all I cared about was the cartoon and the toy line well, that's part of the thing is that no. Marvel Marvel um, had the rights to the huh? comic and the cartoon. Marvel was doing the comic, which, in, in my mind, the comic is better than the movie or the cartoon series. The The history that they went into in the comics are so much more in-depth. In fact, if I remember correctly, there were only four issues originally, and they were all going to die at the end. Shockwave comes out of nowhere and blows them all to smithereens. Everybody, the Decepticons, uh, but I think... I think a few Decepticons, but mostly the Autobots, they were decimated, except for Ratchet. No, wait, which one Which one was the, the white, the ambulance? Is that Ratchet? Yeah, that's Ratchet. Okay. Uh, Ratchet. Yeah, he's their um, medical officer. 
Yeah, he's the only survivor, and he escapes, and he um, finds a way to unearth the Dinobots. I mean, evident- Okay, so yeah, uh, the funny thing about uh, Shockwave is that he was an exclusive to Radio Shack, if I remember correctly. You could not find him in stores. And I feel like there was something about Jetfire. Do you remember Jetfire? Like he was an exclusive? Um, Jetfire? I remember Jetfire. I know who he is. He was a, he was a former Decepticon during Autobot. Yeah, as far as like toy exclusion, toy exclusiveness, I don't know. Who who is your favorite uh, of your list of the Transformers? Who are your favorite, especially from the first generation? Optimus Prime, of course. And uh, from the first generation, I forget who was in the first generation. Huh? There was Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Jazz, Ironhide, Cliffjumper. Yes, Hoist. No, wait. Okay. I think Hoist might be might be in the next year, but he's still part of the original generation. Um, I usually consider Generation One, Generation Two being. Whoever was in the original series, the first season, and then I think it's right. seasons two, three, and four are from the movie, and that would be like Hot Rod and Blur, and uh, I can never remember who's the guy, the older one, that was part of the movie. That was well, RC. I'm thinking of Sentinel. What's that? Sentinel Prime? No. No? He was, he was really old, and he had, uh, he had kind of the blue armor. I have to look that up. Um... But I, I think I prefer the first generation. The only one I really like from the second generation is Hot Rod, even though Blur was entertaining. But as I get older, I realize, eh. It was the Mega Machines guy. Yeah. He would talk really fast. He would talk so fast, you wouldn't even know what he was saying. John Bashima. So mm-hmm. I wonder what happened to him. Oh. He used to be everywhere. He was always doing those Micro Machines commercials, but he was doing other stuff where he talked really fast, but then he just disappeared. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's at auctions. <laughs> I think the, I think the only person they've kept from the entire series is Peter Cullen. Okay, what the fuck are you doing? Oh yeah, sorry. It just sounded gross. I thought you were slurping something. I was like, <laughs> slurpees, yes. No. Now I remember. I remember. I um, we were talking about Marvel Comics, and the series ran for about I think seventy nine episodes uh, issues. And I remember towards the end, they were barely available. I picked up one like at a um, like a pharmacy or something like that, and I held on to it forever. And it ended up selling. I ended up selling it for like sixty five dollars because they were so rare. The the last few GI Joe episode, uh, issues and Transformers issues were worth a fortune. Dang. Yeah, I mean the series had gone through. I think the comic series, while the storyline stayed really strong, the art sucked for a while. And then right at the end, they got this new guy, Andrew Wildman, come in, and he really put like a, a flair and panache on the art, and it really sold and it really w- uh, did well, um, at least with the people who are still reading it. But after that, it was just dead as a doornail for a long time. Wow. And you know, over I mean, personally, I mean, it was always just cartoon. Yeah, uh, I never even got, I never got into the comics. That I mean, then again, I was a young kid. And... I had a little attention span. Well, the comics <laughs> ended in 91, so I think you're probably too young for that. Yeah, I was only like three. Yeah, I was three years old. Yeah, and then um, they, they tried relaunching it with Generation 2 and Headmasters and stuff like that. I remember there was a miniseries where G.I. Joe versus Transformers, and that blew our minds because we didn't even think that they were in the same universe. And, I mean, I would love to see that in the movies that they combined uh-huh. the two. Oh my god! I mean, if they're owned by the same studios, then I'm sure they will. But they are. Uh, Hasbro I, owns the rights, but Paramount has the uh, uh, theatrical rights. Oh, okay. 
Well, you know what you got to do? I think that they should just get rid of Michael Bay. Just get, <laughs> keep Michael Bay out of it. Yes, why? Just, why did they keep him bringing him back? It's ridiculous. Get someone... With, I know. Get the guy from, like, District 9 or someone else with a lot of flair and panache, but at the same time, a heavy focus on character and story and uh, details that make sense. More Yes, and then let it be more about... You know, the actual Transformer perspective, not the human perspective. We don't really care about the human perspective. No, we did the, they did that in the first couple of movies just so you could have, have access. You know, general audiences could find it accessible if you could see it through a human's eyes. But we're so used to the Transformers now. Why is it we don't just move on and just focus on them? I don't care about the humans. I, I, could, care less about, I could care less about Shia LaBeouf in those movies. Yeah. I thought he was a dork. I thought he was annoying. I thought the humor in that movie was more annoying than anything. I mean, I love John Turturro and all that. I mean, there are some good jokes here and there, but other than that, it was that stupid frat boy Michael Bay humor that just needs to go, just needs to fucking go. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is I still, have, got I still have never finished the second movie. Revenge of the uh, Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen. But it wasn't that bad. They're all so long, man. They're like three and a half hours. I don't need to see this. I, it's ridiculous how long they are. The first two were like two hours long. Then the third one was two and a half hours long, which was complete bullshit. You pretty much just wasted everybody's time with that movie. And it pretty much looks like everything ended right there and there because Cybertron's destroyed. And, of course, now with this new one, they brought in Unicron, and it only takes place four like, four years later. But only Mark four? Wahlberg, as cool as you are, yeah. Wow. Mark Wahlberg, as cool as you are, you could not save this franchise. I mean, yeah, you introduced the Dinobots, but it's still not make, it's still not making enough money as much as people thought it would. No, it's actually doing pretty bad compared to the other three. Um, the reviews are the worst. Um, the budget is the highest. So what I'm seeing now is part four. Wait, what do I want? No, part five. They're going to have to drop the time that's spent filming. So the movies are going to be shorter. Oh, they'll, probably, yeah. they'll probably keep Mark Wahlberg because people love Mark Wahlberg. But they'll get rid of Michael Bay because he gets like 15, 20 million probably by now for each sequel. And they could probably go with some new guy with some great ideas for just a million. Oh, precisely. Yeah, please get rid. Just get rid of get rid of Michael Bay. Steven Spielberg, stay on. Take some take some more control. Your executive producer, and get rid of Michael Bay. He ruined. It. He was ruining this franchise. And how he about was ruining this franchise? Maybe it is time for them to move on to the second generation. Maybe it's time to focus on the storyline from the animated movie. Which the animated movie, in my opinion, is the only real movie. These are kind of. Uh, I just I'm not feeling the new ones at all. I'm not either. I mean, the first one I thought was pretty cool because, you know, it's live-action Transformers. And, but after a while, I'm realizing, oh my god, I can't, I mean, I can't believe I really like this movie. It kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, it did. My, I mean, it was hella boring. Yeah, in my opinion, I couldn't even tell what was going on in half the battle sequences because, yes, they look truly realistic, which is amazing they could do something like that with digital effects. At the same time, there are moments where I can't tell who's fighting who. I kind of miss the simple design of the animated cartoon and the toys. Actually, yeah. let me correct myself. Well, no. If you had the actual toys, which I had very few of, um, if you had the actual toys, a lot of times when you transform them, they did not look like the cartoon versions at all. Ratchet and uh, Ironhide do not look like the cartoon versions at all. I thought Optimus did. Optimus looks, Optimus. yeah, he's really close. I think Bumblebee's pretty close, but everybody else is pretty bad. It's like not even in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Honestly, though, as as far as it goes, Megatron. Yeah. Uh, in the second movie, at the first movie, it's like, oh shit, it's Megatron. Run for your lives. He'll kick all our asses. 
Like he seems almost invincible. Not even Optimus could lay a hit on him. Then the second one, they kind of turn him into a coward and a cowardly little figure. He like, you know, running and hiding, you know, especially when going up against like Optimus and going after the, you know, Shia LaBeouf. But then again, I guess some people could argue, like, oh, he just got revived. I'm like, big fucking deal. He, even though he just revived, he flew all the way back to Cybertron. And he smacked the crap out of Starscream, which, of course, was kind of a... Then again, yeah, there's barely any Starscream. Any Starscream. Am I wrong? Because there's too much... Okay, so I, I'm trying to remember now. The bad guy from... Uh, Hugo Weaving, that's right. Hugo Weaving, he did the voice of Megatron in the first movie. Did he come back for the sequels? Uh... At- Part three, I know he did part part two and three, but as part as part four, I don't know because I think they because you know now he's Galvatron. Oh, is that, he? I, I didn't know up, that. that. Spoiler! I looked up for myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I looked. Yeah, so they brought they brought in Galvatron. I mean, they, I know they brought in Hugo. I don't think they brought in Hugo Weaving. I think they brought someone else in for that. Which right, is kind of cash. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, as far as it goes for. Um, as far as it goes for that, I, I even looked at, like I said, I looked at the plot line uh, throughout Wikipedia, and yeah, it's a complete piece of shit. It's just absolute shit. I'm reading it. I'm glad I'm not seeing it. I mean, if it does, if it's, I'm not even sure, even if it comes out on Netflix, I'm sure, I'm probably not even going to watch it. No, you'll watch it. It has the Dinobots. How could you not love the Dinobots? Because of fucking, it's because of Michael Bay. It's uh... not the Dinobots. I love the Dinobots, but goddamn it, Michael Bay. I mean, part three, I barely, I was barely able to watch. I had to fast forward through so many fucking scenes because they were so pointless and stupid. Actually, I think the third one is my favorite. I, I, I know it sounds weird, but I think it's the best of the bunch. No, that's not saying much, though. Yeah, because of fucking Michael Bay. I know. <laughs> it's because of Michael Bay. It's ridiculous. I'll watch the G.I. Joe movies way more before the cartoon. But let's go back to actually. Yeah, let's, uh, I mean, what I say? I'm sorry. I'll watch the G.I. Joe movie before I watch the Transformers movie. Um, but with the cartoon, though, you know what's weird? is It seems like these cartoons were on forever, like four or five years. And most of the cartoons from this time period only lasted two or three seasons, Transformers being the most. And season four was kind of, like, barely even there. I think it was called Headmasters, only four uh, four episodes. Yeah. I, mean, I think in the series finale, uh, Optimus does come back. There's like this red virus infecting all the Autobots. It infected Rodimus Prime, who was Hot Rod, who became Rodimus Prime through the leadership matrix in the movie. And then, of course, you know, they eventually found the cure and everything was right and restored. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty much where it could end right there. But then, of course, now there's different variations. Like throughout the 90s, there was Beast Wars, which I think was launching that whole franchise again. Beast Wars, also... I'll give credit to Beast Wars. It got me interested. And a lot of us that were in college at the time, we would get together every morning, even though we had been up all night, and we would get together like at 8 o'clock in the morning and watch Beast Wars. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was just it, it was just really different. It's like now they're like, you know, either dinosaurs or, you know, gorillas, like any kind of animals from the jungle, from the animal kingdom. And plus it was one of the first CGI cartoons. I think it was only that and Reboot at the time, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Reboot, I definitely remember. But then, of course, like, you also got... And it was kind of hard to, you know, figure out the time period. I mean, then again, being a kid, I mean, you don't pay attention to that. You just know that you think it's Optimus Prime as a gorilla, but it's not. It's someone else. Because I know in an episode later, Optimus Prime's body does show up. And then, you know, Optimus Primal takes the, uh... Takes, uh, Optimus Prime spark, and he becomes this giant 
badass Transformer. Wow, I didn't remember that. I guess I only watched like the beginning chunk of the show, like maybe the first season. It was on for like three years, right? Yeah, it was on for quite a while. And it, but I don't like any of the new series. The new Transformers cartoons are terrible. I don't get them at all. Like sometimes I remember watching one where the Transformers like super sensitive, like "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" And then sometimes the animation just doesn't work. Uh, I feel like the games are doing a lot better job of keeping up the mythology and the oh, history. Oh yeah, High Moon Studios is definitely doing a much better job with the with these video games. I mean, watching, I mean, playing. I played War for Cybertron. I only played a few levels of it. But then I ended up buying Fall of Cybertron. I kid you not. This it makes it reminds me why I love Transformers. I mean, especially showing like how dire every situation is, especially with the you know the Autobots. They're the ones who are really suffering, getting their asses kicked. Because Megatron's just hitting them hard, and Optimus is just leading them and trying to you know keep them in line. But then you know things turn around. He you know and they destroy the warp cannons because they're trying to you know build the Ark and get out of there. But Megatron's like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Blah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't leave. <laughs> yeah, I give. I'll say to anybody out there, if you really love Transformers, grab one of the games. Uh, what, what's the first one? Is it War or Fall? War for Cyber, it's War for Cybertron. It's pretty much the setup of how it all starts when the Decepticons really decide to revolt and kill, uh, kill the Council and the, the Primes, except for Optimus. And then Fall of Cybertron is is uh, them preparing their arc to leave. And it's, of course, it takes, but you can play from both perspectives. First, you start off, well, in the first one, you start off as the Autobots, and then you, you know, become the Decepticons, then you get to play as Grimlock, then you get to play as, like, both factions in the last level. What's the newest game? Um, uh, Rise of the Dark Spark, and it got a lot of horrible reviews. Oh, crap. Because High Moon Studios wasn't the developer. I think oh. they went, because it was a blend of both. It was a blend of, like, uh, War for Cybertron and, you know, the movie, Age of Extinction. But they didn't have High Moon Studios developing it, so they went to someone else. Probably cheaper to save some money. Lame. Yeah, some of, the, some, t- some of the movie studios had to have picked. And the game just does not work out so well. It's like the controls were too clunky and the storyline was just awful. Yeah. All right, well, that's a bummer. Maybe they'll get High Moon Studios back to doing it. Um, I would love it if someone would go back and just like grab uh, the storylines from the comics and turn it into a movie, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. The funny thing is, not only did they have the American comic, but over in the UK, they had their own separate line, and the artwork was never as good, because over in England, all the good artists apparently just worked on 2000 AD, and that was about it, <laughs> or would come over to America. Um, well, too, well, I mean, oh gosh, and you got Alan Moore doing a lot of... American projects too. I mean, if you get Alan Moore to do Transformers, I mean, that's a fucking miracle. Oh yeah. But um, Simon Furman is a really good um, artist, and he would um, he basically restarted the whole idea of what Transformers could be um, around the end of the American series. He had been working on the British one, came over to America, and then they relaunched it. I want to say I don't think IDW. Oh, Dreamwave. Dreamwave was a studio that tried to relaunch it and gave it a, a big anime Japanese style to it. It was very in-depth, very well done. It was a great series. And I oh, think wow. I, IDW right now owns G.I. Joe and Transformers, and they're really just, like, they're taking it home. It's a great series. Yeah, if, wow, you love the, if you love the cartoon, you love the movies, check out the comics, man. Their their stories are much more in-depth. More oh, yeah. mature. Dude, Neil Gaiman. What? Oh, God, Neil Gaiman could ever write Transformers. Uh, I, 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 I don't even see how he could do that. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy. He would do more emotions. I don't think he can do much action. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, like, some of the stuff I've seen him do, like, with, you know, Enter Sandman and whatnot. 
I would say um, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison really revived JLA by using a lot of intelligence and science fiction. Um, even a hard sci-fi, uh, combine that with Transformers would be a great idea. Or um, Oh my god, yes. <laughs> or, or even if Brian Michael Bendis even attempted it, because he's really good with dialogue, and Transformers have never been known for great dialogue. If you could build the characters, there's only so much fo- you can go with action. You know, they need to get into the characters to make you care about them again. And that's why we love the Transformers. The mythology with that series, if, if it was just a cartoon alone, the mythology is so strong. That's why it's held up for so long. That's why we love it so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. And because, you know, they're giant robots and they smash things. Who yeah, doesn't who doesn't love that? Yeah, that's why people love Pacific Rim. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, can you imagine oh, Pacific uh, Rim versus Transformers? Oh, no. Pacific Rim, I mean... I don't know, those robots seem too gigantic. They're, like, compared to some of the Transformers, I mean, you'd have to have uh, Unicron or... Oh, gosh, what's that, what's that one Decepticon, the ones that all form up? Oh, like, well, there's the Constructicons, and then there's um, uh, there's the planes. There's a bunch of them. The Constructicons, I think, were the first ones that you could put together into a giant Transformer. But they started doing that like crazy. Um, they did like six or seven like that. They had, uh, what was it, Omega Supreme was the one that was like the base... The Transformers base, where he had like a little train thing that would go around, his big base. I don't know. Do you remember that Metroplex? at all? Metroplex? What? Metroplex is the only one I can think of. Uh, I don't know what that is. Maybe that was the villain version of Omega Supreme. Yeah, no. Um, Metroplex is, a, he's a he's an Autobot. He, he was in the, he's, in, he's like this giant walking, he's, like, he's pretty much a giant walking tank. He's got cannons on his shoulders. Kind of like, kind of looks like Ultra Mac, just a gigantic uh, white version of Ultra Magnus. Huh, I had to look that one up because I don't know that one. I remember, yeah. do you remember the Bugs? That was another one oh, where you could yeah. combine them. Insecticons? Yeah, oh you're right, Metroplex is a giant Autobot. I never I never knew that what, what that was. He was like Omega Supreme. Combiners. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty sweet. It was a bunch of different things you combine into one. When was this? Because I don't remember this at all. Woo. Pretty awesome. I remember, no, I remember them I remember them definitely being able to combine. I think it like in a season, I think because the episode I mainly remember was, you know, finding Optimus, Optimus Prime again, reviving him, and then that whole situation with the red dust infecting every uh, Transformer. That reminds me of a Smurfs episode where they all got infected and started biting each other in the butts. Ganap, 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 ganap. <laughs> why, why bite my bottom? I have no idea. They kept biting each other's tails and they turned purple and they get all angry. It was like a zombie Smurf. It's like, yeah, I want to eat, but not but. Wasn't there wasn't there an episode of Transformers that were like they were like uh, zombies or vampires? I remember there was the ghost of. The, I think the very last episode I ever watched was the ghost of Optimus Prime. And then I just stopped. I didn't. I never finished the animated series. I should go back and finish it. But wasn't there one where they oh, like no, they're crazed? Am I wrong? Yeah, it was the one where that they're infected by like this red matter, and they all turn red and go angry and start smashing everything in sight. Okay, yeah, now I, I remember it. Huh. Mm-hmm. I really do yeah. need to get back into the series again. I, yeah, I feel kind of like a bum. We're talking about this, but it's mostly for the comics for me in the movie, the animated okay. movie, mind you. Yeah, how far are we along? Are we... Oh no, the episode's over. Sorry, I should say that the episode's <laughs> over. I just love talking about it. Um, I guess that's it for us. <laughs> Sorry, I just jabber jawed. I know. I completely lost track. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, that was pretty fun, though. It gives some insight to the, insight to the whole franchise. But, yeah, as we said, look try to look up the video games by High Moon Studios, War for Cybertron, and Fall of Cybertron. Yeah, check out the comic series. It's been completely clocked it up into big uh, trade paperbacks. Easy to get through. 
And for the love of God, do not try Revenge of the Dark Spark. Stay away from it. It's like it's just like it's just like the art from Indiana Jones. Don't open don't open your eyes. Keep your eyes closed. Don't look at it. Alright. So this final song here, you might actually recognize, not in this form, but you might recognize it because they used it in Boogie Nights. They actually used this song by having Mark Wahlberg sing it. Do you think Mark Wahlberg had any clue that he would sing the song from the Transformers movie and then end up in the Transformers movie later? Isn't that crazy? Uh, Well, he did know that You Got the Touch was this Dan Bush song. He's a huge Transformers fan, and he's excited to be part of this, you know, franchise. It's just who knew in 1997 he's recording The Touch as a joke, and then fast forward to now, and he's actually in one of the movies. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's just too bad he had to work with Michael Bay. All right, here we go. Signing off, this is Michael. This is Jacob. All right, here's The Touch. Till all are one. What? Oh, no, that's what Optimus Prime says. Till oh. all are one. You got the at 4.30 on WRLH TV 35. Alright everybody, welcome to Back in Tunes mini Soul, where we're discussing the 30th anniversary of Transformers the movie. I'm your host Michael, and my guest this week is William. How's it going, William? Oh, not bad. Hey there. And, uh, so in the background you can kind of hear the soundtrack going. I love the new metal version of the theme song <laughs> by Lion. Not White Lion, Lion. Aha, okay. I, I didn't know what that was. Cool. The, um, the soundtrack is during that era when there's tons of movies with heavy metal stuff going on. I mean, obviously there's the animated movie Heavy Metal, and there's uh, American Pop, and uh, you, you start seeing like Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden start showing up in movies. And uh, I think it's funny that almost immediately afterwards it derailed and turned into hair metal. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the soundtrack of this movie really kills me, actually. I mean, it just... It's just one of those 80s movies with just constant uh, bad mid, mid-80s rock songs that they didn't even seem very like appropriate to the scene sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's no, just no. like, hey, we want to play Toto, and people are <laughs> shooting each other. So, Well, I think it was yeah. probably they had a deal with the, a certain record company, and they're like, okay, you can have these three songs, mm-hmm. but you got to take seven more of these songs. Like, I, but okay, <laughs> all right, whatever. So we can have Weird Al, mm. and we can have the song The Touch, because clearly that's the song they're looking for. Stan Bush, The Touch, people. Fantastic song. If you've seen Boogie Nights, this is the song that Mark Wahlberg uh. sings at the end of the movie. Do you remember this? Uh, no. He, he sings it like uh, like karaoke, or uh, how does that happen? There is, a, in the last third of the movie, when things are starting to fall apart from drugs and, and, and the certain market changing, you see Dirk mm-hmm. Diggler and uh, I can't remember what John C. Riley's character's name was, but they both go to a recording studio and they're in there and the guy mixing it is Michael Penn. 
and he's cranking up the instrumentals to cover the fact that Mark Wahlberg cannot sing whatsoever. And he's like, you've got the touch! You've got the power! And he's like, man, you gotta, you got to enhance the vocals, man. I can feel the power in this song. <laughs> it's wow. But it's weird that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson would choose a song from this movie uh, for his. Uh, it's bizarre. <laughs> he must have been a child when this movie came out and just, like, hit him right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Now... Now, did you see this in the theater? I feel like you did. Uh, yes. Yes. This was, like, a huge, huge event to me for some reason. And, and yeah, and my dad took it, took me to it, and I was blown away by it, but he absolutely hated it and told <laughs> everyone that for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I did watch it again recently, and now I I kind of understand how he felt, I think. Well, I mean, he must have been completely I, lost on yeah. what the story was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, I'm sure he really was, but, like, even me watching it now, there are some parts of it I like, but I just kept spacing out, and I'd be like, whoa, what, what's been happening for the last two or three minutes? And it was really, you know, just a bunch of robots flying around, I guess. <laughs> there are, uh, this was, like, during that whole wave of cartoons getting feature films. There was the Care Bears, of course, being the big hit, and that kicked it all off, and there was He-Man and She-Ra, there was the G.I. Joe movie, the Transformers movie, GoBots, of course, there's a live-action Masters of the Universe. None of these were successful, so it pretty much mm. put the kibosh on any more animated <laughs> movies becoming films. Um, but mm. in my mind, when I think of Transformers movies, the only one that it feels real to me, like that sticks to the mythos, that is uh, the real vision of what the characters are all about, is the original animated movie, not the new live-action movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in fact... I guess this was supposed to be a bridge between the second and third seasons of the cartoon series. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, it was time okay. for Hasbro to move on. Their first mm. two lines of toys, they basically exhausted that audience. And, you know, Transformers was a syndicated cartoon, so they would do, like, chunks all right in a row, like 65, and they would strip them five days a week. For us, it was after Happy mm. Hobo. Uh, Happy the Hobo? Yeah, that's right, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Uh, we had we had a people from Indiana will remember that there was a show in Fort Wayne called Happy the Hobo Show. In the morning, there was Froggy's Pad. I think Transformers started in the afternoon, then moved down to Froggy's Pad. I don't know if everybody else had mm. like these kind of shows. I think they had Bozo mostly <laughs> syndicated, but um, I think it's funny how mature the content was on Transformers compared to the other cartoons surrounding it. <laughs> Mm-hmm, definitely. And, yeah, and then they would they, they aired this movie on television, and you're seeing all of your favorite characters get killed off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watching it again, I I was really shocked. Like, I, I must have been, like, pretty disturbed as a little kid, what, 10 years old, yeah. watching that, and here, in, you know, in the first 20 minutes, Optimus Prime is dead, and then they're tossing uh, Megatron out the plane, and... It's just, yeah, death, death, death. I'm, yeah. I'm, and the funny thing is, so what did they do? Oh, go ahead. Uh, the, the, well, the, what I'm wondering is... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you said go ahead, and then... <laughs> the yeah. Well, the company okay. decided yeah. you know, it was time for that third line, and they wanted to change the uh -huh. era. I mean, they wanted to change the storyline and all the characters. They wanted to overhaul the whole thing. And to them, it was just like, well, this is just the next line of toys. They weren't thinking about the fact that they were murdering characters that people adored. Yeah, okay, that's exactly what I was about to ask you was, yes, what was their plan? And, okay, so they wanted to do a new line of toys and just, what, just really change things up and, 
and have uh, like just a whole slew of, of new characters and that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, well, you know, the movie jumps ahead quite a bit in the future, and I think that was the idea that writers behind mm-hmm. the show were like, well, let's just overhaul the whole thing. We'll keep a few of the classic characters that people love, like Bumblebee and uh, the Dinobots and stuff like that, but everybody else is toast. You know, gutting even the villains. Yeah. I mean, getting rid of Starscream and Megatron and overhauling all of that. And for them, they just thought, yeah. well, this will just boost sales. Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy talk because, yeah, Megatron was so popular. I mean, among some people, he was pop- more popular than Optimus Prime. Um, and then who else did, like, Megatron then kill as soon as he came back? He, uh, he, he killed his second man. Yeah, and he, boy, he, that toy was really popular. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's that, so they were going with more toys over uh, people love these characters. They right. clearly weren't thinking that way. No, yeah, if, okay. they, if they had done a survey with kids first, I think they might have changed yeah. their mind. Like, so how do you kids feel about the new truck coming in? What do you mean? Where was Optimus Prime? Oh, he's he died. <laughs> he's dead. He's toast. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Mommy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, we were not happy. Um, I don't really like remember how I felt after watching the movie. I mean, I know I thought it was great, but I think I kind of felt like I have watched the end of the Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I was done with it, yeah. Uh, the, Pretty much. I, I didn't get to see the movie because it was actually kind of a bomb, and the company that distributed De Laurentiis mm. they they would do smaller distribution. They would do like six hundred, eight hundred screens. And I think it was in Fort mm. Wayne, which was not a small city, but I think they only had it there for a week, maybe two at most. I missed it. So when it came out, I never once, at all the video stores I checked, never once saw it on video because I guess it was the most uh, stolen videotape around that time. <laughs> and no company wanted to replenish it. So I didn't get to see it until 1996, 10 years after it came mm. out. Wow. So the death um, really hit me that hard. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder how you felt about all the, the grimness. I mean, it was such a grim movie. Uh, I don't know if you remember that the movie actually starts with an entire planet of, of Transformers getting killed by uh, Omicron or whatever. That's right. It is, is that his name? Number, Omicron? Unicron. Yeah, it's, yeah, it starts with this massive like genocide of all these Transformers. And then it goes into this happy rock song and it goes, Transformers, you know. <laughs> Uh, and that's yeah, that like half been... of the audience is now asking their parents for antidepressants. <laughs> it's a whole generation. This is how it all started, people. This movie destroyed yeah. Generation X. Yeah, we, we just watched a million toys die at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> wow. The funny uh, thing is, I, did get hmm. the, I got the miniseries from Marvel. This is back when movie adaptations were not uncommon. You, you rarely ever see it now, but... Um, they would take like all these sci-fi fantasy movies and they would, you know, Marvel or DC would adapt them and I end up getting the three issue series. So I did see them die, but there's something totally different than seeing it on the page and on the screen. You're like, Oh, that feels real. Mm. This doesn't feel that real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watching Optimus Prime die on the screen, he actually like turns gray. Like he turns to stone and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Even, even now as a 39 year old, when I watched it a few days ago, it was very, um, it was pretty sad. I was yeah. surprised. <laughs> I think that, but, the thing is so, they, they didn't know that they were going to have such a bad reaction. You know, the G.I. Joe movie that came out the next year, uh, Duke actually dies in it, but then they found out that it traumatized children, so they went back and refilmed, or I guess redrew, I guess you want to say, redrew the <laughs> end of that movie, so Duke just has like a, a broken arm. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, that's they were going to um, replace so him with Falcon. They were going to what? They were replace him with Falcon? Him. Yeah, so that was their plan, is have him uh. be the new star. And, you know, in this movie, they have someone ready to go automatically. Like, um, what? who's the one that replaces Optimus first? Magnus, right? Something... Yes, uh, he has a very similar name. I think it's like Magnus Optimus. <laughs> Ultra yeah. Magnus, played by Robert Stack, of all people. Oh, okay. Yeah, by the way, who is Robert Stack? My, my wife was going on about him and how his voice was so incredible and stuff, but um, I can't remember what well, he was in. The first thing that he really hit big was the Untouchables TV show back in the 60s, but we ah. saw him as the host of, the, of um, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, okay, that guy. Yeah. Stoneface. <laughs> yep, gotcha. Uh, so, by the way, how did you feel about the toys when they were out, you know, in the early to late 80s? Uh, the original series, uh, A, was very expensive. Um, it was very hard for me yes. to get any. But B, <laughs> I was actually scared of them because I was convinced <laughs> I was going to break them. Uh, okay. Yes, that was my impression, too, was um, they were so expensive that I pretty much had no chance to get them, and yet, uh, I think in somewhat of a reverse of how I think of things as an adult, I, I therefore revered them because they were so expensive. I was like, they're, they're the king of all toys or something. Yeah, I think Voltron and, was higher yeah. up for me just because nobody I knew had them. They were like some weird, obscure <laughs> thing. It's like... I mean, I've seen a cartoon, I've seen comics of it, but I've never seen a full Voltron. <laughs> mm, yes, those were those were pretty rare, and uh, I think you had one, didn't you? I had a mini You had some one. Voltron? It was about a third oh, okay. size, and you couldn't take it apart, so it didn't count. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, for Transformers, I think I had Bumblebee, Yeah. and that might be about it, because yeah, getting Optimus was like, even then, it was like maybe 50 bucks or something. Yeah, uh, it was just Optimus, outrageous. The Bumblebee, I think, was everybody's favorite. Um, when they changed him mm. over to a new car, I was like, what? No, here has to be a VW <laughs> yeah. bug, but like, we don't have a license for VW, so the movies are going to have a totally mm -hmm. different one. Yeah, I loved him, and Blur was like my favorite from the cartoons. Yeah, as series. a kid, I loved but Blur, I, but now I, he's annoying. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I think you're right. Now I'm not quite sure why I was so into him. I mean, he does he does say a few funny things, but mostly he's just saying obvious things, but but yeah. repeating them extremely fast. <laughs> well, you remember he was like a yeah. thing. John Machida was a thing for a while there because of micro machines, and he would always be on TV in like these speed talking contests and stuff like that. I didn't realize that was the same guy. Yeah. Okay, because he sounds because he sounds higher on Transformers. Okay. Well, they might funny. have sped up. They do a lot of technical yeah. quirks with the voice what's that one rc mm. i bet you she doesn't sound anything like that but when i listen to rc talk <laughs> i want to strangle i'm like he's so annoying <laughs> stop talking mm -hmm. and then there was like the little bitty one like called sprite or something yeah that and was uh yeah he was like he was like teeny tiny and he kept annoying the dinobots in the movie and stuff yeah i couldn't stand that <laughs> character at all he was like a weird mixture of RC and Blur. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a pretty good impression, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm not proud of it. That's uh, not my worst impression. Uh, like, uh, yes, I could also do an impersonation of RC from Transformers movie. Uh, you know, the one from 1986? Where are you going? Get back here! Can I have your uh, And I think the big yeah. name that they got for this was uh, Judd Nelson, getting him for Hot Rod. Yeah, and, and you know what? 
I know he's in it, but like I don't really recognize his voice in it. But whereas most of the other celebrities, I, I do really recognize, like Eric Idle, and uh, of course nobody recognizes what's his name, uh, Leonard Nimoy, the older man. It, um, oh yeah, I barely recognized him, but but I do. But then uh, Orson Welles, oh, yeah, yeah, of course yeah, nobody yeah, recognizes him because they altered his voice and stuff. So uh, were you aware that he was he was pretty much dying? Well, he did this movie? No, not really. Uh, I had heard something. I know it's his final role, but I remember he said uh, in some meeting, he goes, I don't know, I'm voicing some toy. You know, that's like his last thing, and that's what he was telling people. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. I'm just talking. I'm just voicing some toy. I don't care. Yeah, he was pretty dismissive. Uh, but yeah, he had, like, lung trouble, and he was, like, wheezing through his lines, and it was so bad that they almost discarded them but then they like ran them through, uh, kind of ironic, a uh, electronic voice thing, hmm. and changed his voice enough that they they were like, okay, I guess we can use it. But yeah, they almost just tossed him right out of the movie. Yeah, I'd be bummed <laughs> if they did, because I just don't know anybody who has the same kind of uh, uh, control, you know, like such a deep, like uh, intimidating voice besides mm. James Earl Jones, and I don't think James Earl Jones would have done this mm. after Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, he was kind of kind of perfect for it. Yeah. The funny thing is, um, I think this actually helped the TV show keep going. You know, I, I feel like the, the mm. when it rebooted with uh, Rodimus Prime as the lead, it, it reinvigorated the show. I think the stories got even deeper with the mythology and sci-fi, and that's when I really started getting into it. Because I dug it, you know, I read the Marvel comics quite a bit, um, but it mm. wasn't until after the movie, where you know, whatever year it's set in, is when I was like, this is awesome, i got to watch every episode. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize either that there was, like, all this crazy space stuff going on. I I think I just kind of felt like they were just a bunch of robots on Earth that, that transformed from, you know, helicopters into robots and things like that. I didn't know there were entire other planets of them or, or any of that. So, it, it yeah, really kind of really expanded the, the view of everything. Um, did you, you read the comics, right? I feel like you, I started reading them because you had them, and then I went back and got, like, uh, my back issues. Yeah, I, like, had them kind of off and on from about issue seven to maybe, like, 40-something. So, yeah, I, I read some of them. I, I remember it pretty much just being, you know, a, reflect, a reflection of the cartoon series. Yeah. Uh, for the most the part. Every time characters would come in, the new toy line or whatever, all of a sudden they would, like, purge all the characters. Just like with G.I. Mm -hmm. Joe, they would purge a bunch of characters, and all of a sudden there's 12 new characters in this issue, and you're like, what? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, uh, I did, um, I did You know, I was going to say, though, about. Oh, you go ahead. I think there's a delay. <laughs> I think that's what the problem is. I think there's a delay between me and you uh. talking. That's what's going on. Um, but I'll say, I did come back to Transformers at the very end. Uh, there's a big chunk of Transformers where I didn't care. The art was horrible. The writing was kind of meh. But I would say the last 20 issues, they dive so deep into the mythology, and there's so much depth and, and grand storytelling. Andrew Wildman is an artist that people never caught on to, but he started over in the UK and came over and did the last like 15 issues of Transformers, and it just ends with such an amazing bang. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah, they so I may have to check up. that out. Yeah, they're collecting them up in good uh, portable editions if you can ever find them. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I, I, it, it's funny, like, uh, with the other movie, like the other movie we did, I did write down some notes that I thought were funny about the movie, but 
Prob- probably most of them are skippable, but... Um, <laughs> go ahead. We'll just, I'll, go, I'll just, like, yeah. move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I let's see. I wrote something about the soundtrack, but we've already talked about how crazy and bad that was. Um, but, it, you know, this movie, we didn't really touch on that, like, it seemed like one of the main points of this movie was to, like, well, sell toys. And it amazed me how, like, they would, like, do little bits here and there, like, just making sure to show you, like, there was a tel- there was a uh, telescope transformer. I don't yeah, know if you remember. Uh, so, so th- oh, boy, you're good. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they made a... <laughs> Sorry. So, I they made a point... For these names. Mm, yeah. So, they made a point of showing him, like, looking for, you know, a shuttle coming in, like, just to show you, here, there's actually a use for that guy. And, you know, he's, he's actually doing something. They kept doing that. It was so funny. Um, but do you remember Eric Idle's character, by yes. the way? Uh, I always remember it because Weird Al is playing it. At that time, I was obsessed with Weird Al. I'm <laughs> kind of still obsessed with Weird Al. But, yeah, um, oh, funny. Database I remember that. Database yeah, I don't remember that from when I was a kid, but now that kills me. His Eric, Eric Idle's character where he's like, um, he's like, blah, 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 film a date. And he's, I don't know, Basically, some kind of crazy pop culture. Was, yeah, I felt like he was a commentary on how we've become just, re- we just regurgitate other things that we hear. We have no ideas of our own. We just barf up whatever we've seen on television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was really kind of kind of cool that way. Uh, but uh, let's see, what else here? Uh, you know, I didn't know this movie was completely animated by Japan. Did you do, Did you know that? I know that Marvel is the company responsible for raising the funds from De La Rentis, but they always license mm-hmm. out their animation to another company. Usually Sunbow, I believe, is the company that did mm. it. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. they, they did most of their stuff overseas. Okay. Yeah, for some reason I thought that... Uh, well, I was also mistaken that I thought Transformers was at least mostly a U.S invention but no it was really more of a japanese thing that that we kind of borrowed that mattel was it mattel yeah that uh did the oh, toys no, yeah hasbro, they borrowed hasbro, it from hasbro. oh you're right yes hasbro borrowed it from japan so it was kind of it's kind of started as a well kind of a voltron thing i guess you know yeah well it's weird. and then we just two different toy lines there was a company that had a line of uh air style you know all the decepticons were one company line and then the cars were a totally <laughs> different one and the company saw both of those available so they just licensed both and created a universe for them oh that's hilarious i had no idea so okay. i wonder if megatron <laughs> is a you know megatron and starscream are villains over in japan or did they, did they start off as heroes uh, and then became villains yeah you, you know and, and i don't know how those toy lines work over there because i've seen other unrelated toy lines that are just a bunch of robots yeah. And yeah, and some of those just kind of seem like they're all the same thing. Like they're all just your robot heroes that you want to collect. <laughs> there um, was a lot so, of yeah, they, <laughs> There was a lot of them. There's Go Robotech, ahead. there's Voltron, there's Transformers, GoBots. Um, oh, what was the one that was I was just yeah. looking at one the other day, but there seemed to be like there was a plethora of you like robots, <laughs> you like talking robots. Here you go. Make your choice. Mhm. Okay. So yeah, they kind of yeah, they burn a lot of that over here, but here we did we didn't just want big crazy toys. We needed to have a mythos and uh, good guys and bad guys. Yeah. So they they gave that to us, I guess. 
Well, I think part of it's also because Marvel was so involved. Same thing with G.I. Joe. They would get somebody to build that world and, you know, give the character profiles and stuff like that, which was bigger with G.I. Joe. Remember on the back of the cards, they always had a story about them? But Transformers never really had much of a tale about them. On the back of what cards? You mean like on the... Oh, like when you buy G.I. Joe characters and yeah, stuff? Yeah, the, the, the cards that they were glued to, basically. Uh, they uh, had a storyline on the back for the, uh, for the G.I. Joes, but nothing really for the Transformers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there is one Funny. moment in the movie that has always confused the crap out of me. It's in that scene with Eric Idle and the Rekar, you know, the... Um, mm. Daniel is in this, like, exosuit, which transforms him into, like, a little tiny car. Now, that's all well and good if there's enough room for him to stay the way he is. But when he transforms, it should be scream and blood and guts. I mean, he's just twisting his body all around. And at no point is he like, oh, God, the pain. He's just like, cool, look at this. That's a good point. Never really thought about that. Um, you know, another funny thing about that to me was just watching it with 2016 eyes, how um, all these these robots are they had this little kid and for most of the movie he's not even protected and yet, and they're like waging this full-on war right next to him yeah, yeah. Never go, hey, you think we should get him out of here no no all yeah. right, we're good. yeah it seems like maybe they should have dropped him off at a <laughs> something yeah there really needs to be when they're under fire maybe yeah, yeah. get him the nanny drawn <laughs> yes that would have been a good toy. Uh, parents would have approved of that, at yes, least. Yes, it would never have sold. Uh, what is it with girl <laughs> no. toys? What is this weird myth that girl toys don't sell? Because Mindy liked Transformers, my sister. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, Princess Leia dolls sold. What is this logic? It's like, oh, no, the girl toys don't sell at all. They, they fumbled it huge with uh, the new Star Wars movie by ditching, um, uh, not Kylo Ren, uh, crap, her name starts with a Ray? Yeah, Ray. Um they didn't make hardly any toys. They kind of just like, oh, well, let's just do a low production on this. When she's clearly the star. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's really too bad. Yeah, she really has the, you know, the biggest, best moments of the movie, I would say. And yet, it's almost uh, impossible to find her toy anywhere. And that's kind of the way it was for us, too. All, if, if you, mm -hmm. of course, if you're a boy, if you had a girl toy, you'd be mocked mercilessly. <laughs> um, but I actually like stuff like She-Ra, and I kind of, I, I would say I wouldn't run away screaming if, uh, Rainbow Bright was on, but it's weird how they do that. There's only like two girl Transformers. Yeah, uh, you know, I actually enjoyed um, Strawberry Shortcake. I, I don't know why, but I, a lot of that stuff actually was pretty interesting and, and had lots of different characters in it. And But yeah, it totally goes the opposite way too, because yeah, my wife also like loved this movie, the Transformers movie, and was into Transformers, and I... I don't know what it is. It seems like it, maybe it was just some sort of prejudice that they thought, you know, that all of us were just going to, all of us kids were just going to follow some sort of exact defined gender roles for yeah. our toys. Guys like things yeah. that blow up and wear blue. Girls wear pink and like flowers. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> some people like kicking yeah. ass wherever they are. Yes. Yeah. It's funny when girls like to watch things blow up. So. Okay. Now here <laughs> is the big, big question I have to ask. And no one knows. Mm. How are Transformers mm. made? Uh, oh, you mean like they're... In the story. How they're made, like, in their mythos. Yeah. Yes. Are there any that's very Transformers? Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a dang good question, especially because of the whole awkwardness of 
they look like things from Earth. So, yeah, were they born just before they got to Earth or afterward? Or were they on some other planet and they were like, well, we're pretty sure you're going to Earth, so therefore you're going to be a truck. Yeah, well, in the comics, it, they actually explain yeah. it. In the comics, they go down to Earth, and they kind of have vague ship forms. And when they get to mm. Earth, they have to be inconspicuous. They're trapped there. Their ship is destroyed. So the only way for them to hide in plain sight is to look like uh, everyday common vehicles. Uh, but when they get to, you know, um, oh, my God, why can't I remember the planet? Uh, whatever, Transformer planet. I feel like an idiot. Um <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, okay. I, th I thought you were talking about the movie. Are you talking about something that's more in the comics? Well, I'm talking about everything. The whole mythos. Uh, Cybertron. Cybertron okay. is where they live. Um, ah, but how yes. is it that they are made? I mean, they were robots in the first place on Cybertron. They had a huge <laughs> war, and they left. Uh, their plane explodes, mm -hmm. and they end up traveling in space for uh, like a couple centuries, maybe even more. They crash on Earth. They stay there forever. And basically, in 1985, they're woken up, or 84, they're woken up, and that's when they become trucks and planes and stuff like that, so they can mix in. But, I'm talking on Cybertron. How is it that they're created? Is there a giant factory up there that makes them? Does it give them a soul? Or are, are there pregnant Transformers somewhere just like, I got knocked up again, Hot Rod just can't keep himself away from me. <laughs> you know, I, I think they should do another animated movie, go back to their roots, and that could be that could be the theme of the movie, how they get created, and maybe like something goes wrong with that, like uh, they start making like fascist robots or yeah. something. So like they, they, they have to go back. And... They never had any police keeping things in order, and those police decided they wanted more power. They become corrupt. That's how the Decepticons are created. Yeah, I just want to know more mm. about it. I don't really care. I think it's time for the live action movies to ditch. The people. The people are always boring. I don't care about Shia LaBeouf. I don't care about Mark Wahlberg. I do, oddly enough, mm. care about all the hot chicks. But that's just the <laughs> superficial crowd. Uh, but, but seriously, just make the movie all CGI. Take out the Cybertron and let it be about their world The you know, and how it the whole thing happened. Yeah, I mean, that's what we want to see. We didn't even really want to see that little kid or the, or the guy in uh, the 1986 movie, yeah. you know? We, we just want to see the thing that it's about, basically. Now, of course, I just want to mention quickly, the ultimate bad example of this, perhaps, is the He-Man movie, where He-Man is the only dang person, well, in Skeletor, I think, are the only people there. They do, they leave out their entire world, and they put it on, what, New York or something? Yeah, well, That's just, uh, the company oh. that did it, Canon Pictures, couldn't afford to have it up there. That was the original <laughs> plan. <laughs> but then they saw the uh, box office returns from, I kid you not, they made 52 movies in 1986. 52! Oh, wow. Like a, a small company. How do they even handle that kind of production? And uh, so it turns out they had like one hit out of all those 52 movies. And then when they looked at the budget for Superman and Masters of the Universe, they're like, oh, well, we got to cut this. We got to cut this like dramatically. So that's why those movies are not set where they should be set. Uh, Mass Universe is probably the greatest tragedy of all because there was a potential to create a new Star Wars. And basically they said, uh, mm. 10 minutes of it's going to take place on Eternia. Let's set the rest on Earth in L.A., 1987. Mm. Yeah, that could have been something. It could have been pretty good. I think that they're going to try again, though. They've had people attached. John Woo was attached for a while, and I, I know some other people have come in, gone. But I really hope they get it right. I think the hardest part is finding someone who can play He-Man. 
uh, and, mm. you know, can look like that and act. That's, I think that's the, the mm-hmm. crux of it all. Yeah, probably. Uh, but one, one last thing I wanted to say was I, I just want to mention to anyone listening that uh, this movie is not actually that bad. It's, a, it's at least, like, very fun to look at. A lot of the animation is, is kind of, like, trippy and, and really pretty interesting. Now, you follow the story half the time. But if but if you want something neat to look at and you remember Transformers and you like them, then I would still watch it again. Yeah, this so. I think was the last of there was an era where animated movies were trying to be more mature. You know, they weren't the Disney mm-hmm. style. They were trying to go PG, PG thirteen, and every once in a while you get an R rated one. That's usually from Ralph Bakshi. Um, but I think the Transformers traumatizing kids, not making any money, that was the end. There has hardly been a single animated movie now geared for anybody above mm. 13. Yeah. That's too bad, because, yeah, it was a fairly artsy movie, both visually and with the, uh, yeah, highbrow story. I mean, at least uh, maturity-wise. All right, everybody, so. that is the end of this episode. Check us out on Facebook under Back in Tunes and... Look forward to our new show where we're going to be discussing major events and certain arcs that we found uh, fascinating in comic books from 70s, 80s, 90s, even now. And uh, the problem is, we don't have a title yet, so I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> we, we keep trying to yeah. think of one. And, uh, uh, back issue sounds like a terrible one that sounds like something for a chiropractor. Uh, and since mm-hmm. they're awesome stories, like quarter bins, back bins, they don't, they don't work. So we're going to try to think of something. Mm-hmm. But if you have an idea... Hit me up on uh, Facebook and let me know what you think a good name would be for the, um, the episode, the podcast, I should say. <laughs> Introducing the Transformers Power Cycle. You can imagine a world of adventures. Look, they're attacking the power plant. The Transformers, more than we see. Time to transform me to a robot. The Transformers. The Transformers Power Cycle, new from Coleco. Everybody, welcome to Comics on Infinite Earth. Hey, this episode I'm going solo because I couldn't get anybody to talk with me about the Transformers comic book series, the original Marvel run. You know, the the I would say like the original like 12 issues Bob Budinsky did. Those are pretty interesting. I think it started to fall apart after that. You know, just too too involved in like. What toy line came out that year? Oh, let's mash this into the storyline. You know, it, it seemed like every time he started to get going, Hasbro came in and said, hey, let's shove this in here. And it just kept dead stopping the storyline. But you got around issue 60 or so, Simon Furman's coming in, and he's like freed of all the new stuff that's come along, except, you know, he's got a little bit of the Headmasters, a little the Pretenders and shit like that. Honestly, let's just say this. When it comes to G.I. Joe, which I'm a massive fan of, and Transformers, I'm a, I'm a pretty good fan of Transformers. The toy lines, man, too many gimmicks in Transformers. I mean, you're talking like first maybe two, three lines, amazing. After that, 
gimmicks, fucking gimmicks, non-stop gimmicks, man. I mean, once that movie came out, things started to fall apart pretty fast. G.I. Joe, true, things started to fall apart also after the movie, but they had an extra, you know, they had, what, five years before the movie came out? So they had a good, solid run. But the toy line, still going pretty strong. The animated series ended, of course. That comic, hot damn, that comic never got terrible. I don't think it was ever a moment where it was just garbage, but I don't think it's until Simon Furman came over from the U.K., I haven't read his UK line. I really should. I've heard that some of it's pretty uh, pretty solid. Uh, you know, it's once he came over to the Marvel series in America is when it just blew up, man. The uh, mythology, holy shit. Uh, yeah, I just can't believe it. Uh, no one no one want to talk about this. I mean, and no one's probably going to listen to this either. It's pretty obscure. I mean, we're talking Transformers at the end. I mean, we're, we're, this is after the cartoon. This is after the movie. This is after the toy line's pretty much done. Sorry, I'm sniffing. I, ah, I ate something spicy. My nose is a little snotty. Uh, how professional. Yes, how professional. Yeah. You know what's also not professional? Um, The fact that I'm flipping through the pages. But yeah, you can smell the authenticity of this. I love the smell of old comics. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even find anybody. Uh, my, my usual horde of guests you know it's always marvel and dc and it's hard to do stuff like dark horse image and uh the toy tie-ins not not really happening there uh my regular co-host for the first season kind of went by the wayside you know he may come back but he did a couple episodes at the beginning of this season and i kind of had a rotating cast this one sitting in by myself but uh hey you know what at least you don't have to sit through commercials like uh casper you know the big boys they're doing the big comics you know talking about the major events and uh you're not really gonna get that here but you also have to sit through boneheaded commercials fuck who cares about casper mattresses who cares about the squatty potty nobody who who fucking came to an ad executive and said look i convinced some dumbass to give me money to poop like a caveman and I want you to convince these podcasters to talk about how many famous comedians have demeaned themselves for how much are they getting? What, a hundred bucks? hundred bucks for this commercial to say the word squatty potty? Fucking embarrassing. Jeez, man. And they're always like saying, oh, to keep the lights on. Keep the lights on. Go do another date. Good God. You get like a thousand dollars a show. I work retail. I get pissed on by normal people. Shut up. I don't have to keep the lights on. I flip it on with one day worth of paychecks. Jackasses. Alright, so, Transformers, End of the Road. Now, this is a whole collection uh, that was put out. Uh, here's the weird thing is, Marvel. They put out the original series, but Hasbro, I guess, was footing some of the bill? Uh, I guess that's why the series kept going long after the toys were not popular anymore. Yeah, Hasbro was probably, like, you know, paying for the publishing, you know, costs or whatever. And, and then Marvel probably paid for the artists and, and, and the editor and stuff like that. Uh, the collections are from different people now. This one is, I, I don't think it's from IDW. I think this is the second, or the original run. This is the Titan run. Uh, nice covers. Andrew Wildman. Holy crap, Andrew, Andrew Wildman. Two major artists that came over from the UK, uh, with Simon Furman. Jeff Sr., great, great art. Nothing, nothing to go, ugh, gross. This, this is shit. No, it's, it's fine. Uh, but, you know, Andrew Wildman, holy shit, that's knock your fucking socks off this is 1990s uh great style lots of character in it and, and this isn't like that kind of like flashy nothing like the way it was at rob the field what were we thinking what were we thinking all those stupid pockets what's in those pockets fig newtons come on it's pointless uh hey you know what i've only had this for five minutes i kind of like doing this by myself i don't have to stop and pause for somebody but i gotta tell you that was gonna be shorter i'm pretty sure it's gonna be shorter and, and after a while you might hear me like talk to myself and 
Cry a little bit. Marry me. Uh, this is the very end when some of the characters are kind of obscure. I gotta tell you, I walked away from uh, Transformers. I'll probably see right after the movie. So, while the UK comic I've read uh, that uh, it, it dabbled in post Transformers the movie universe, the comic didn't. The comic basically took whatever we had learned from the original series and just kept going forward. You know, Optimus had died, Megatron had died, died in quotations because they always find a way back. Optimus, I guess, was a game for a while. His brain and personality is stored in a in a chip uh, on a uh, floppy disk and uh, eventually put back into a new body. And uh, here's the weird part with the movie. You know, the future is exciting and, and the TV show and the comic book all kind of go in different directions because... You know, in in the movie, it's all about Unicron coming back and then he has to kick his ass. And well, here it's not in the far flung future. You know, there's no Rodimus Prime. You know, he hasn't been uh, hot, uh, hot Rod hasn't changed and Optimus isn't destroyed. And was it uh, the nerds are losing their mind right now because they know all these names like crazy. Uh, not Fortress Maximus. Uh, some other dude, Robert Stack. I remember played his voice, but um, you know, a lot of these characters haven't shown up yet. We got we got Cup and Blur though, and uh, Unicron now is is been you know, aware of Cybertron, you know, that Primus is alive and he's coming to just chew it up. And mind you, I could tell you the whole story. I just don't want to. It's just ridiculous. It'd be like six episodes and this isn't a Transformers podcast. It's a comic book podcast. So we just kind of cop, you know, hop in and out of different series. Uh, good God, Unicron's a terrifying beast. Good, he's a mighty monster, I tell you. I don't understand what is going on with the humans. Why they they keep bringing them back? I don't know if we're supposed to relate to them. I'm I'm fine with the robots. Michael Bay seems to think that the robots are not that interesting as the humans are. Uh, first movie, fine. I like Sam. Um, after that, move on. I want to see the robots. The humans are stupid. Mark Wahlberg, nice guy, good actor at times. I don't think he understands how to read a good script. But why is he in the Transformers? And, and, and number four, by now, they should be on Cybertron. They should be all Transformers. Just make it a CGI animated movie. Come on. Get the humans out of this. It'll be cheaper, too, in, in a weird way. It'd be oddly cheaper. You know, so, you know, got the humans in this. In Circuit Breaker, I remember, I think she popped up in issue eight or something like that. You know, if we're going to have humans in this, you technically could have Spider-Man back in this. But, you know, Unicron rip his face right off. Fake Primus or shell of a Primus gets shattered into smithereens. You know, it's weird. Uh, I've I've had another person on this podcast like just read the comic, and I don't. Why why would why would I do this? Just I'm kind of flipping along, and hey, you know, if you want to read it, you want to read it. I love Hot Rod. God, I love Hot Rod. I loved him in the movie, loved him in the comics, loved him in the series. One of my favorite characters. Blur, kiss my ass. Blur is annoying. Uh, I, something about the Micro Machines car. Back in the 80s, this guy was a pitchman. He could talk really fast. Talk faster than me, surprisingly. Uh, uh, more coherently, though. I'm kind of a mush mouth. If you listen to me talk, I'm kind of like John Legozamo. I have kind of like wet mouth, teeth mouth. Aye, 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 aye. Okay, so we got Prime. You know, he's teeping up with Scorponok. Scorponok, I must have missed the boat. He must have popped up as a major villain right after I ditched Transformers. Dude's cool. I like this costume. Uh, he's not really Scorponok. He's got one of the headmasters, so he's got a dude inside his head. He's a dude. Pretend to be a dude inside another dude. If you get the reference, you get the reference. Otherwise, it sounds like gay porn. Um, you know, I love the old school. The old school Transformers. They never get old. The look is always awesome. Some of the newer guys, they look weird, man. 
I don't understand why a couple of them look like humans. That I, that's a head scratcher. But look look at the old school ones: Jazz, Prowl, Ratchet. Awesome. Oddly enough, a lot of them are red, white, and blue. Is that is that intentional, or are they supposed to be that way just because they look like they're on the same team? Or is that supposed to be American? 1984, Transformers. Everybody's crazy about the Olympics and Ronald Reagan. Yes, sir. If we could make a Rambo Transformer, we would. You know, and then we got, okay, I don't I don't understand the Dinobots. I mean, I get the appeal of, hey, we love dinosaurs. Let's transform into that. Uh, but, you know, uh, I don't get the, uh, hold on. You know, I, okay, uh, Beast Wars, uh, awesome. I get it if they're all animals, but I never got the mix of, like, hey, some of these are animals. Some of these are cars. Some of these are planes. Some of these are, why, why are you a radio? I, you're useless. You're fucking useless to us. You, you can play tapes. Can't you just do that as something else? I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a car has a, a tape deck in it. I don't get that. Grimlock. Uh, people love him. Fan favorite. Fucking dipshit. Can't stand him. He's an asshole. He screws up everything. People love him because he's brute strength and he just goes from the gut. You know what? There's a lot of people who go with the gut and uh, and, and, and no brains and uh, tend to get us in trouble, Trump. Uh, I think I just lost half of you. Um, <laughs> you know... And I think that's kind of a stupid... He's like Lobo. You know, I don't understand the appeal of Lobo. I get Deadpool because he's actually legitimately funny. He knows what he's doing. He's got a good heart. He's just nuts. You know, and, and Grimlock is not a good leader. You know, they have a point here where Prowl is supposed to be a leader. And it all goes to shit. Uh, but let's go back to the battle. Unicorn is taking out everybody. I mean, left and right. Just burned the bits. Takes out Scorponaut. Turns him into a big bag of snot. I mean, just melts him to smithereens. He's kicking Primus's ass, or Prime's ass, tearing apart the Matrix, that wonderful Matrix. You know, it's I'm almost certain it's minty fresh if he was to swallow it. Unicron's like, mmm, delicious. Oh, crap. <laughs> Seriously, why is there a, hum- a human in here? I don't understand. Okay, so Unicron's dead. You know, I almost wonder why they went beyond issue 75. It kind of seems like they wrapped things up there. Sales must have been still okay. And Marvel was like, well, you know what? Let's test the waters. Let's see if we can keep going beyond this big story. See if people will. I don't know how comics worked back then. I feel like it might have taken a little while for them to get the. Oh, oh, sales aren't good. Uh, we've already got the next three issues going, so we'll stop there. Whereas it seems like now, especially with DC in the New Fifty Two, like the second they get the notification, it's like we just got done printing it. Cancel. We're done. But we had twelve issues planned. Uh, have you made any of them? No. Okay, so we're done at issue two. We're done. Animal Man, done. Um, yeah, the the human thing. There, there's a, a whole thing on the other side that makes no sense to me. Um, but God, Andrew Wildman, even on the, even on the robots, he makes their faces so wonderful. I the thing that's bugging me right now is the simple fact that End of the Road is the only volume without the cheat sheet. So I feel like a freaking noob, like a clueless buffoon who doesn't know who he's talking about. Because guess what? I've forgotten all these fucking names because there's nine thousand people in this thing all right so um we got bludgeon who's like martial artist oh he's got an ancient martial arts that's so ancient that it's forbidden and it's banned and it can't be taught it's like the dark side or something it's, uh but yet i have never seen him do the martial art why why even bring it up if he's not gonna do it and what does he transform into? Apparently nothing. I never see him transform into anything. He's got a skull face. It looks cool. That's all he does. He's got a sword. And he's got like a, a 
freaking octopus guy who doesn't transform into an octopus. He's got an octopus head. It feels like a shitty AIP Roger Corman film. And he's got a guy who's got a mustache. So apparently he's also got Dennis Franz on his team. What is this shit? How is this where we end up with the Transformers? This is... Fuck, no wonder we're at the end here. Um, But still, we got some of the classics, man. We got Shockwave. We got Blaster. Blaster, man. Still, like I said, he's a tape cassette player. But when I was a kid, that was like the giant because everybody wanted one. Um, Dinobots... Getting the snot beat out of them by apparently like crazed zombie robo monsters that are going to suck the blood out of I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do um, nibble on them lightly I don't know what they do the two transformers they do gather yeah they're all going to leave Cybertron because Cybertron is going to fall apart uh, one of them is a numbskull I think it's Prowl who decides hey he's going to just trust the Decepticons tell them their plan yeah Decepticons uh leave everybody behind on this destructive planet uh if i remember correctly though uh the dinobots leave on their own beforehand and you got you got you know all the classics just sitting on the planet like blaster and ratchet oh no ratchet oh i forgot ratchet blew up ratchet and megatron i think that's happened already which is a badass episode 77 78 no it hasn't happened yet i'm sorry um you know, they're like, what are we going to do? We've screwed up. We're dumbasses because we trusted people. You know, the Decepticons are just like, you know, Republicans lost a few more of you. And the, uh, they, they, they should have known better. But what, what bugs me is when comic books make villains just flat out villains. No remorse. No, like, l- levels. You know, I mean, not everybody's full on bad except for Donald Trump. And, um, you know, I don't get the thing where... You know, at no point are like, well, you know, I mean, this battle's kind of pointless. We destroyed our planet. We destroyed everything around us. Uh, we're all going to die, you know? I mean, what do we have to live for? And I uh, I don't get why why they never write them this way. Maybe Hasbro dictated that they can't have, like, well, this guy's kind of bad. This guy's kind of good. And this guy's really bad. Like, Starscream. Love Starscream because he's such a weasel. He's only in it for himself. So sometimes he's with the Transformers, or sorry, with the Autobots, sometimes with the Decepticons, sometimes for himself. And the funny thing is, you know, the Decepticons are always, like, forming their little mini-groups within themselves. Shockwave has, I think, always hated Megatron. He's always kind of formed his own little thing. Autobots, man, except for, like, the Dinobots, they've always been together, unified. Freaking Grimlock, what a dipshit. Yeah, Prowl sitting there trying to tell Grimlock that he needs to be a proper leader to listen to him. Pulls head out of his ass, start using tactics and how to talk to people, and uh, Grimlock's just like, "I'm leader, you know, you not. I'll do whatever I want. I don't need to think. I just do whatever pops in my head." Trump, and you know, I just don't understand why Prime would say he's the leader when clearly there's other options here. Okay, so you got Rat Bat or Fart Knocker or what? I don't know. You got one guy who does transform into a bat with wings and getting his ass handed to him by Grimlock. You know, okay, so here, rewind to 1991, and I am in a drugstore, and I am looking at the comic books. Now, I grab Silver Surfer 50. How could I not? The thing's foil embossed, 50th issue. By the way, one of the greatest issues ever, the return of Thanos, uh, Ron Lim, Ron Mars, excellent artwork, excellent writing, launching the whole Infinity Gauntlet world. I didn't know that when I picked it up. Who knew? Now... The other thing that I pick up is Transformers. 77 or 78? Dag it. I'm pretty sure it's 77. Um, and then I pick up G.I. Joe, I think like 112. It's right after the big massacre. And, and my friends are looking at me going, 
uh, why Transformers and G.I. Joe? And I'm like, I don't know. The art looks cool. I kind of like this. You know, what's going on here? I want to check this out. And sadly, I could never find any other follow-up issues. And then, of course, Transformers got canceled like three issues later. G.I. Joe would go on for another, I think, like 45 issues or something like that. Though, they did try to relaunch Transformers after this, uh, Generation 2. Well, I think it went, oh, excuse me. It went like uh, 12 issues. Derek Yaniger took over on the artwork. Uh, Derek Yaniger, I, well, I was shocked when I saw the name because I know him now. It's kind of like a tiki, retro kind of... Uh, like cult art you know he does like uh, 50s and 60s uh sophisticated savage kind of artwork and it's it's beautiful oh unbelievably gorgeous layered he does the mixture of like cartoony which looks like old like pink panther style aip not aip um upa you know that kind of style or mixes it with like more layered like Derek horn kind of oh, Derek horn you probably don't know who that is um just check out Derek Anger is fantastic but he he uh took over on the Transformers series and sadly got canceled after a year so they tried and uh I don't I don't think it'll be for like another 10 15 years before Dreamway picked it up and they gave it an anime spin and it's really like nostalgia for Transformers and G.I. Joe just went supernova everything 80s around 2002 2003 just went ba-boom uh so we got Megatron uh, coming back because we thought him and uh, Ratchet were done. They're they're blew, blown up, and uh, they're back on the spaceship with Starscream and uh, Soundwave, Shockwave, Shockwave, Shiny. Fuck, fuck. I can't remember. You're all angry right now. You're all writing me a letter. No one writes letters. You're calling me. No one calls people. You're texting me. No one texts. You're going on Facebook right now, going fuck you. But you're not spelling fuck you completely because no one writes awful words anymore. Um, so Galvatron, Megatron, beaten. Oh, oh, Megatron's pretty beat up, so Galvatron's beating the snot out of him because he hates his guts, not realizing, oh, shit, Galvatron, I forgot. I'm you, and you're me. I can't kill you. Let's team up with Starscream. Let's kick the crap out of him. Let's kick the crap out of him. Okay, give me a second here. La, 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 What is the guy? I'm, why can't I remember who it was? Soundwave, Shockwave, which one's which? Okay. You might have noticed I <coughs> paused and I went to look at Shockwave. And Shockwave, Radio Shack exclusive, I think, for years. You couldn't find them in stores. You had to uh, you had to find them there. You know, it was weird because I was like, this is a knockoff Transformer. He looks like a cheapo version of Megatron. I, I never really understood what that will, will go with us on that. And then all of a sudden he just shows up in Transformers 6. Uh, beautiful cover, by the way. Uh, M.D. Bright does it. M.D. Bright's known for more cartoony-style stuff. Did a little bit of G.I. Joe, mostly known for Quantum and Woody and Green Lantern. Did a, oh, gar- gorgeous uh, painted cover, Transformers 6. Pretty sure it's 6 or it's 5. So they beat the snot out of him. And gets to the point where Ratchet's losing his mind. You know, uh, Starscream is beating the snot out of him. He's trivializing the whole thing of death. And Ratchet loses it. Starstream, his gun goes off, blows up this fuel tank, the whole ship explodes, all dead. Which, Ratchet, man, Ratchet is just the bomb. If you read that issue I was telling you about with the painting cover by Star, uh, uh, M.D. Bright, uh, all the Transformers are dead, basically. It's just Ratchet. He's the only survivor, and he's got to go against Megatron. And he's got, like, a little laser, which is basically meant for, like, you know, like a laser scalpel. And, like, uh, a mending... You know, he's got nothing. He's got like these little tiny tools. They're medical tools, and he's trying to take on Megatron with it. It's just like it's a hell of a moment because it's just him, and he's small in comparison to Megatron. 
and he's got to take them on, and he's like scared, but he does it anyway. And that's what real bravery is. It's not people like I never really understood Superman because hardly anything can beat him. How's that bravery? It's the guy who goes out there and like, well, you know what? Pretty high chance I'm gonna die. Gonna do it anyway. That's bravery. Uh, we got the last Autobot, Spike, trying to revive this big. You know, uh, he's a headmaster, so he's trying to revive this new costume, whatever. With it, with it. How how are these people transforming into the headmasters? Well, their bodies crushing. And, I mean, uh, like in the movie, he transforms, and honestly, I would think that all you would hear is and blood spray and screams for like two seconds, and that's it. They're all dead. Makes no sense. Is it magic? Because I, I I don't understand. I don't understand at all. Uh, okay, so we got that. You know, I just. You know, Galvatron's still going, surprisingly. You just can't kill this son of a bitch. He, Fortress Maximus has been revived, and, you know, he's getting the snipe out of Galvatron. I really didn't think Galvatron was going to be that powerful, especially after, first off, he's in this huge plane crash. He's traveled through space. Unicron's, you know, taking a little whipping at him. I mean, he's tough as nails. He's like Megatron times five. And, you know, they finally just kick his ass with the last Autobot. And, you know, Bludgeon and his crew are just a bag of dicks just a collective bag of dicks you know they had their chance and they screwed up and they blow the hell out of blaster i mean you see it and his brains and guts and everything just goes flying everywhere yet four more panels later he's like oh he's he's still together he looks terrible but he's still together that is the only moment in this that i just kind of head scratch and going um that is shitty artwork seriously this guy looks like dennis franz he looks like a guy who would change your tires you know or the local bartender in the 80s you know, kind of like the skeezy guys, like, yeah, I saw someone come in yesterday and possibly might have put something in someone's drink and then possibly stole their wallet when they weren't, you know, awake. Yeah, I saw him. Now give me five bucks for, for snitching. You know, that's not a Transformer. I don't understand how that's a Transformer at all. He's a dude. And a dude with a, you know, like a douchebag mustache. A, a dude bag mustache. Optimus Prime is back. As, I don't know how he's back. I can't remember. I don't care. They rebuild him. Last Autobot has a little bit of Primus left in him. Oh, that's right. That's how they rebuild. Never mind. You know, and I, I feel like, yes, it's kind of nice the way the Transformers ended. You know, they finally unite back together. Seriously, Blaster doesn't look like he took the hit that, that was just, you know, had his head exploding. This is ridiculous. Uh, Bledgen says, hey, you guys won. We're going to retreat. And he's like, nah, you didn't really, you didn't really win. We just got to go. And I, w- I want to read Generation 2 because it's the end, but it's not really the end. It's just like kind of wrapping all the stories up. It's a great it's a great run. Simon Furman is an excellent writer who kind of took something that was cringeworthy. You know, I have it up here. I have, uh, oh, what is it? The Transformers Maximum Force where Bob Budiansky, I think I'm saying it right, and Delbo work on. And it's it's fine. I think the colors suck ass. It's very uh, in 1980s. But um, in the artworks, you know, of course, very rudimentary 80s. Uh, I thought it was, I didn't realize it was Delbo. I don't know who Delbo is. I thought it was somebody else at first. This feels subpar Marvel at the time. Uh, the writing's okay, but I feel like every time he starts to get going, he's got this, this ridiculous nonsense. There's like these gigantic monsters that look like kaiju that has to turn into a monster. He's got this one, which is an airplane. It looks like a freaking pterodactyl. It's just Skylinks. Jeez, that's just dumb. And uh, the pretenders and the fakers and Skullgrin. I mean, geez, it's just, it's horrible at times. And it's just, I'm stunned that the series went this long. If Simon Furman had been brought over 
earlier, I think this series would have done a lot better, and it easily could have got to like 125, 150 issues. But man, looking at this, this is uh, I think issue 44, 50 around that time. Mind-boggling, even made it as far as it did. So it, it makes sense that Titan actually reprinted all these out of order. I say skip the Budiansky run on unless you're going to read like the original like dozen, maybe up to issue 20, was it 24, where Optimus technically dies. Um, other than that, skip, skip to the end, G jump right into the Simon Furman run, which I believe is it starts with Primal Scream. Uh, that's when it gets fun. The Pretenders, jeez, what a dumbass fucking gimmick. Yeah, and then uh, there's a whole UK line. I think Target 2006 is about Galvatron for coming back in time, and I've heard that's pretty solid. I want to check that one out. Okay, everybody, uh, it's weird just seriously being by yourself, and you're just like, I have no idea how to say goodbye because music bouncing off somebody else. But thank you, everybody, for supporting us. We're kind of about halfway through Season 2. I'll probably do another six, seven episodes, and then you'll get a few random specials here and there, and then we'll take the year off. And uh, check us out on Facebook under Retro Rocket Entertainment. And eventually we're going to get a theme song. We're going to get artwork and a page up for Comics on Infinite Earths because it turned out to be more popular than we thought. And I, I hope you guys are tolerating the fact that I did this all by myself. It's uh, it's an episode I wanted to do, especially with the new movie coming out. Jeez, seriously, just... I can't get a G.I. Joe movie to save my life. I mean, one every four years, and apparently it's going to be longer now. But we get these Transformer movies nonstop. I make money though, so um, thanks for sitting and listening to my gibberish. Good night. Tired of losing battle after battle in the sky, the Autobots create the ultimate robot jet, Jetfire. But the evil Decepticons have a secret new weapon, Shockwave. Sold separately from Hasbro. Hey everybody, welcome to Back in Tunes. I'm Michael, and that's Jacob on the other side, and apparently he's hanging out with one of the Transformers. What's up? Yeah, hey, no, yeah, I'm hanging out with my favorite, Optimus Prime, and, uh, yeah, judging from, uh, the latest Transformers film, he looks a little pissed. You're goddamn right I'm pissed. What the fuck was Michael Bay thinking? Oh my god, Optimus, I've never heard you swear before. That's awesome, but a little shocking, my god, man. Are you kidding me? I can't believe it. What the hell? How is Earth Unicron? That's fucking Unicron insane. Hey. Fucking things. By the way, you don't sound anything like Optimus Prime. You sound like you sound like Walter Matthau if he was trying to be Optimus Prime. <laughs> Megatron, well, I mean, get over here. Oh, I'm so pissed at you. I'm a little old. I've been around for quite a while. Hey, kids. Uh, before we get too far into the episode, here's a new intro song you've been hearing by our friends over at Above the Airwaves. They did this for us. So, uh, if you like their song, let them know. Uh, here we go with the theme. It's back in tunes with your animation of archaeologist, Jacob. 
Oh, it's so much better. It's a little long. I might want to edit a little bit out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, 30 seconds seems pretty good. Do you think it's too long? No, I think it's perfect. I think it's the perfect size. Like, it's 30. I mean, 30 seconds is a good time. I mean, uh, I wish they could have used that for like some of the intros to some of the cartoons we watched, like um, I don't know, James Bond Jr. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> oh gosh, what was another one? Dragonflies, maybe. What is your favorite theme song? <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know. No, I can't say Batman. That's too easy. That one's a good. DuckTales. <laughs> DuckTales, of course, uh, is fantastic. Most of those Disney ones were fantastic. Yes. Oh, God, yes. No, we can't go wrong with DuckTales. Uh, Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. This makes everybody just put you in an upbeat mood. Oh, yes. It's time for um, Animaniacs. Uh, I remember seeing the uh, Tiny, Tiny Toons. Toons. Tiny Toons. I sung like crazy when it first debuted. I was in there, seventh grade. Uh, in homeroom, just whistling to myself, and people are like, "What are you whistling? Is that Tiny Tunes? I've been watching that too." And that's when, like, you get that bonding moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know you can't go wrong with it. I know uh, this was like again animation domination decade. Uh, Freakazoid, Freakazoid's a good theme song. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh, the one that drives his enemies insane. That's why they lose. I love the Futurama theme song. I think oh, it's yeah. actually better than the Simpsons. Yeah. Although you can't, I mean, you can't count out the Simpsons. I mean, Danny Elfman only came up with that in what, in like a what, within uh, twenty-four hours. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me actually. A lot of his theme songs do sound the same, but that one actually seems totally different. Like you know, if you look around that time period, right around Batman when he broke out, uh, Darkman, Nightbreed, Dick Tracy, they all have like kind of similar beats to them. And then later he started expanding what he wanted to do. Yeah, it's the percussion that really gets you. Kind of like uh, with what John Williams does. You know, oh, John Williams has the trumpets. Yeah, yeah, really. definitely. But the percussion, you can definitely tell, is uh, Danny Elfman. Well, Although uh, I wasn't too fond of uh, his Spider-Man theme. Basil Paladoris did, uh, like, Conan the Barbarian and Robocop, oh. Starship Troopers. A uh, big, booming sound. Lots of dun 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 Oh, yeah, and then you've got Hans, people like Hans Zimmer as well. You know who nobody ever talks about is Bruce Broughton. He did the theme song for uh, Silverado and Monster Squad. He did something else. Oh, oh yeah, we talked about him. He did, um, uh, it was a, Harry and the Hendersons has the same kind of beats as Monster Squad. He's a guy that people don't talk about, but he did some great themes. Oh, wow. I know. It's like, honestly, without these themes, uh, sometimes, it, you know, they, don't, they, they really make the movie. I mean, John Williams with uh, Star Wars and Superman, Superman in particular. Like, oh my god! I still think of that song, that theme song, every time uh, when Superman comes to mind. Yeah. Hans Zimmer did a great job with Man of Steel. Don't get me wrong; that was very powerful, very booming. But again, that's just classic. That just sticks with you. It's so heroic, so triumphant. You know, again, the horns. What I'm thinking of, and this is, and on, then you, right now we're hearing about Batman: Mask of the Phantasms coming on a Blu-ray. And you think about that theme, that that's that's a fantastic. Sounds like Shirley Walker. And that still is my favorite Batman movie. I love the Nolan trilogy, um, the original Batman. Oh yeah. Batman Returns is a mess, but it's a highly entertaining mess. But Mask of the Phantasm is a perfect Batman film. And Lego Batman. Have you watched Lego Batman yet? It is. No, I have to catch up on that. Oh, it's crazy. There is a every other movie that's out in theaters. Lego Batman uh, finds a way to finally cue in on what it is between Joker and Batman that makes them, you know, obsessed with each other. It's really funny. There's a sequence where he's almost got the Joker. He's escaping, and he's trying to tell him, he's like, you're completely obsessed with me. And Batman's like, what? I'm your perfect enemy. 
we're your, you know, we go hand in hand. I'm your greatest rival. And he goes, no, you're not. And he goes, well, who's your greatest rival? Superman. He can't be your, he's, a, he's not a good guy. He's not a villain. He's a good guy. That depends on what you think of him. <laughs> in the movie, he hates Superman. Superman's a total dick. <laughs> and he's voiced by Channing Tatum, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's like your typical douchebag bro, jock. Yeah, he's asshole. a dick in that movie. <laughs> and um, Bruce Wayne's kind of full of himself too, though, because he just like the reason he names everything Bada something is because he's full of himself. He's got a huge ego, and he doesn't want to work with anybody else. And uh, Joker's like, but, "But I'm your greatest villain." He goes, "I'm sorry, bro. I'm not really into ships." And he's like, "What? I'm not into relationships. And uh, I like to fight around. I got a lot of people I'm fighting." <laughs> And then he like lifts all lifts all his uh, villains. What? <laughs> and then he lifts lo- oh. lists off all his villains. No, they actually show yeah, no, so many. I, I can't believe you. they got they finally got Clayface on the big screen. And you know, there's lots of like a Black Lightning. You know, or no, no, it's Thunderbolt, Super Bowl. I shit, I can't remember. Uh, Static Shock. No, it's an older character. He was in Super Friends or Superpowers, and he was kind of like Black Lightning, but they called him I think Black Falcon. But then he went by Superbolt. Remember there's a joke on Harvey Birdman about him where he's like, oh, I don't call yeah. Aquaman Whitefish, but you call me Black Vulcan. I'm going by Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm pretty sure that's Black Lightning. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, ba- Mask of the Phantasm is actually hailed as like the best Batman film. It's, like, it's absolutely amazing. Although it's a shame that it didn't make – I know it is. Uh, the concept, like, you know, going back to his upbringing – you know, uh, meeting Andrea, meeting someone who would have changed his life forever. You know, wanting to be happy, wanting to live normal. He wouldn't have been Batman if it was for if it was for her. But then, you know, shit happened. You know, her dad had dealings with the mob. He had to get out of the country. He had to take her with her. Oh, this is a shame. It was yeah. a mess. And it, it adds more tragedy and sadness to Batman's, you know, character. Yeah, and it just got dumped. Warner Brothers really didn't seem yeah. to have much of an interest. I think it was supposed to go direct to video, and they decided to put it in theaters. But then they like put no push behind it, and I think what it made about ten million dollars. Uh, I think it, I think it made like less than its budget. It was like a six million dollar budget, and it made less than that. Terrible. It's kind of a bummer and a shame. The no, it, 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 honestly, if they got the word out, if they put more effort into it, that would have made so much bank. No, it, the the ratings were just amazing. Did you see the follow up Sub Zero? No, but I should I should watch it. I have it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a, it was I think ninety seven or ninety eight. You know, you're watching Arnold Schwarzenegger ruin a great villain, and then all of a sudden the animated version comes around. Like, no, 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 <laughs> you can keep your hundred million dollar movie. I'm going to watch this four million dollar animated film. Exactly. I mean, the, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger again. It just felt like the nineteen sixties Batman all over again. I mean, but not in a good way. Okay, yeah, of course. I mean, again, rip to Adam West. He was like definitely one of the most entertaining Batman oh, to watch. God, I mean, yeah, he was it's goofy. Uh... He was silly. He was perfect for that decade. He was perfect for how Batman was portrayed. And it... again, he's coming out with another animated film called uh, um, uh, Batman versus Two Face. It's again, it's a sequel after the uh, Return of the Cape Crusader. The Return of the Cape Crusaders was really low budget in its animation, but I loved the story. The story was fantastic. It was really funny and light and. and... And lately, Batman's getting so morose that I can't stand it anymore. I'm starting to go more towards the hopeful heroes, you know, Superman and Flash and stuff like that. These darker characters. I'm yeah. bored with Batman. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really been portrayed that. I mean, you've got the Nolan trilogy, but I, what we're getting now is more along the lines of Frank Miller. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns, but not as old. 
But still, uh, again, a great casting choice with Ben Affleck. He did a phenomenal job. And I can't wait to see his solo Batman film and how he's going to appear in Justice League. None of it. I mean, there's a lot of traction now. And you know that the Batman movie or the Justice League movie is a mess because they keep re-editing it. And now, like, the Han Solo movie is a mess. Um, you know, I know, oh, yeah, movies, I know Phil Lord and Christopher Miller yet, but nothing. Well, they were fired. Yet. What? Oh, yeah, they were right. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were fired, and they're gonna, they're in talks of doing Flash. Now, you're probably wondering why we're talking about this, but guess what? Miller and Lord came from animation. They did a TV show for MTV about 15 years ago called Clone High, which is one of the funniest damn TV shows I've ever seen. My oh, life. my God, I remember that. Oh, shit, that's right. Gandhi was like a funny, was like a, yeah, yeah. Kind of a funny guy, cool kid that everybody knew. Uh, JFK was like, you know, your typical, you know, he was the one guy that everybody looked up to, total number one jock. Yeah, and he he always made fun of Abe Lincoln. Hey, that Abe Lincoln. How's it going there, bro? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. It followed the young teenage Abe and everybody else. It was so funny. (laughs) Cleopatra, I think, was part of it as well. It's it's weird. You know, that show was expected to be huge. It was very expensive. And then MTV just kind of said, we can't afford this. The ratings are okay, but they're not great. Critics loved it. I loved it. And, and then it would be like, I think, six years before they got the uh, green, lit, green light for uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And uh, that seemed like it was too long. Too long! Yeah. And then they're the ones who did the Lego movie, and yep. I'm pretty sure they also did the Lego Batman movie. They produced it, and I think one of the guys was one of the writers, and the other guy went and helped write the Ninjago movie, which I saw the trailer for, and it was really funny. Yeah, no. I will have to say this about Justice League. Yeah, no. Um, again... Zack Snyder, uh, again, it was terrible what happened with Zack Snyder. Yeah. Though. I mean, yeah, his daughter's suicide and him having to leave. But Joss Whedon coming in to fix it, I'm pretty sure he's like probably trying to change the color scheme. Make it a little less dark. Maybe, and, I'm not sure. You know, a little more colorful. No matter I how good so, this Justice I... League movie is, no matter how good this is, I'm going to tell you this. There is a short film added on to Lego Batman where he's applying for the Justice League. And they're like, okay, Batman, who are the people that you look up to? And he's like, um, Wayne Gretzky, Michael J. Fox, Alan Thicke. And the guy's like, that, that's odd. Uh, those are all Canadian people. Batman, are you Canadian? And he's like, uh, no, that was a complete coincidence. Hey, Superman, can you come in here? And he's like, do you think he's Canadian? And he goes, yeah, dude, totally, he's Canadian. He had to go up there. And then you find him, like, <laughs> he's up in Canada on an ice rink, completely miserable, <laughs> A fucking Sasquatch comes up to him. He's like, hey, Batman, you want to ride on our Zamboni? He's like, no, go away. <laughs> oh, God. There's a fucking Maple oh, man. Leaf. <laughs> Talking Maple yeah. Leaf, it's terrible. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, you know what I wanted to say about the- music themes earlier? Yeah. Uh, when I, you know, when I, like watching the Transformers movies, there was nothing memorable about it. It was shit. The, the live-action ones are complete and absolute like... garbage, except for the end of 3. I kind of like 3, and I kind of like um, the characters bouncing off each other in the first movie, but instantly the, you take away Bumblebee's voice. That's where I was pissed. And then it becomes this jumbled mess, and it's so loud, and it goes on for so long, and I just keep thinking, every time a new one comes out, I'm like, you're never going to top the 1986 animated film. No, they can't. Honestly, they really can't, especially when they take away Bumblebee's voice. And then... Uh, again, uh, the way they, uh, tra- especially with the latest movie, the trailer, they tried to uh, make all the woman, the, wo- the little girl seem all badass, you know, pro-feminist kind of message. Yeah. Yet you watch the movie, she wasn't even in it that much, and then it all of a sudden switched back to Marky, Mark Wahlberg. Love Mark Wahlberg, don't get me wrong. And then, again, just brought back all that stupid shit. Um, hold on a second. You're telling me that you paid money to go see last night? Oh, fuck no. Oh, to sneak in? Did you watch it? 
Oh, God, I wish I was able to fast-forward it. Oh, my God, I can't believe you went. You and I have been talking about this for years, um, that the Transformers are complete and absolute shit. We want Michael Bay off it. I'm tired of the characters. No one cares about the human characters. I wanted I mean, to watch it because Hot, Hot Rod was brought in. Was so he was finally? Like, oh, thank God. Because I keep waiting for all those characters that you love from uh, you know, the second run of Transformers. You know, where it has it wasn't blur. Judd Nelson, though, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's available, I'm sure. He's like, come on, jerks. <laughs> you bastards. Okay, so uh, we might as well actually jump into... We're changing the show a little bit. I, I didn't tell you this, but I've noticed that you and I are starting to get a little bored with the show. Maybe mix up the format. So what we'll do is we'll pick either like a topic, you know, like watch one episode of each cartoon or whatever to get a feel for it, or... We pick a couple shows right. we know better, you know, and then kind of mix it up with some news and just general discussion. Because I feel like we, we were stuck in our format for like two years and we we're both getting tired of it. Pretty much, yeah. We were being contained. We needed to be unleashed. Get me out of these chains. <laughs> Let me be free. I must break up from my cocoon. All right. So uh, uh, when we first started the show, we were in the same room and things were great. And then shit happened in my life that had to make me go away. And we started doing the show via Skype. But you remember that we actually recorded uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers right before I left. And I accidentally erased them, which I still hate myself. <laughs> they sound so much better. Then we did we did the G.I. Joe and Transformers, but we did it via Skype uh, when I first learned how to do it. And the recording wasn't very good. You know, I was coming through the regular computer speakers instead of the way we have it now. And I was frustrated. Right. I was in an angry place at the time. So I was never really happy with the episode. Now... I don't want to go back and discuss the whole thing over again. Um, but we found not a way to not. do it but not do it. And that is by discussing yeah. Beast Wars, which was your suggestion. And I added uh, the second run of G.I. Joe, which I knew better and you knew better. Uh, which is weird since we're like a decade apart. Precisely. Yeah, no, I did watch uh, the second series of G.I. Joe when I was a kid. Um, I remember like we had a few taped episodes in San Bruno. We brought it over with us when we moved over to Oakley, and they would kind of show it on a USA and whatnot. And I'd always remember seeing the wrestler, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, on there, like as his guest appearance. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. But uh, hey, as long as I got, as long as I had Snake Eyes, I was happy. Yeah. Um. So before we go too far, this is one of the great theme songs. It's not a great cartoon. It's nowhere nearly as good as the original. But this theme song was stuck in my brain forever, and it's better in my opinion, than the uh, G.I. Joe song most people know. Yeah. If it'll play. I had it all set up. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. We lost signal. Get that signal back. Get it back now, damn you. So, 
you know, uh, <laughs> I want to say this. The theme song's better, but I know that there are certain things that drive me up the wall about the new series. I don't know if, if you had the same problem. Um, Sergeant Slaughter should be guest appearing. He should not be the main focus. Yeah, no, honestly, no. It should be back to Duke and the original cast. And, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, Colonel Hawk. Yeah. yeah, that guy was cool, too. I mean, again, he, uh, if anything, yeah, no, he should have been at their base of operations, you know, directing them throughout the, you know, throughout their missions and whatnot. He definitely should have had a bigger presence in the uh, second. He should have had a presence in the second movie, too. I was a little bummed. Uh, you know, the, the live-action movies we discussed a little bit, and I can't believe I'm still waiting around for a three. What the fuck is taking so long? I can't believe this. They're like, oh, the Sacramento save the franchise. And then, like, let's make a movie about Roadblock only. I was like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that because Dwayne Johnson is attached to, like, every other script in Hollywood right now. And, and you're going to be waiting around forever. Seriously. I was like, oh, the shit. Oh, my God. I, I know, again, Rock, I love you, but still, chill out, man. I know you're probably, he's probably making a lot of fucking money, too. <laughs> He's probably going to be president. You know, he's going to run for president. And since that's the way that people think now that you need a celebrity to be president, they're going to vote for him. At least he seems like a guy with his heart in the right place. Oh, of... for sure. But honestly, no, if anybody's more capable of being president, if anybody should be president in the U.S., it should either be Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Well, right now, the chicken sandwich that I was eating uh, is more qualified than Trump. <laughs> oh, good God. What isn't? <laughs> anyway, so, again, this series, uh, uh, it's. Definitely did. Still, again, I liked how uh, they still kept Snake Eyes. They still kept some of the core group members, which is great. Well, not at first, and though. It was definitely a lot you of fun. You have to sit through those first five episodes, the miniseries, and you're just like, I don't know any of these fucking people. Oh, yeah. At, well, geez, just from what I can remember, remember at first. Yeah, no, because I was watching that episode, and I'm like, wait a minute, where the fuck? What the fuck? Why? Where? No. I'm sad. <laughs> is this the right series? Is this the right series? Where am I going? Where am I going? Well, here's the problem. Okay, so the original series, I think, ran 84, 85, 85, 86. Wait, hold on. Eight? Yeah, I think so. Right. And then there was the movie in 87, but the movie was a big, like... Okay, so Transformers movie bombed. And then all of a sudden, they're looking at the G.I. Joe movie like, well, shit, should we spend the money and put this in theaters? I mean, we've spent a decent amount of money on this. Let's, uh, fuck it. Let's just break it up as a miniseries, air it once, and then put it out on VHS. Mm -hmm. It's not good. It's not bad, it's just not good. It's nowhere nearly as good as the original series. Um, I'm going to tell you this. None of this, the movies, the live action, animated, the series, none of it is anywhere nearly as good as the comic book. Larry Hama um, created the backstory for all the characters that you know. And he took it further into Ooh. this big mythos in the comic book. And it ran for like, I think, 153 issues for Marvel. And uh, Wow. Oh, and, and as the series progressed, it got better and better because... Um, as the popularity of the toy uh, kind of died down, they realized, well, instead of forcing Larry Hama to fit these 12 new characters in the next few issues, where it's always kind of convoluted and forced, um, just let him be free. Let's, let's, let's let him take uh, Snake Eyes and put him in a five-story arc where it's, like, there's an issue where it's completely silent, and it's just Snake Eyes kicking ass. Good. No, it needs to be. Honestly, the more silent Snake Eyes is, the more mysterious. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think he ever speaks. Like the... Like the Sphinx, he's terribly mysterious. <laughs> I I um I picked the character voice. That's, what, that's just me. I oh, no, uh, Hank Azaria from a uh, Mystery Men. Oh, that's that's right. I knew this sounded familiar. But you know how you and I were doing Christopher Walken. We were doing uh, Christopher Walken oh. voices, and um. Oh yes. I, I, I started to do the Christopher Walken, and then I kind of look into a whole different thing. I decided to spend about an hour at work, because work bores me to no end. 
And I was just talking like this the whole time. And I was going, everybody. You're looking pretty fancy there. And I just kind of stuck in that voice. And I sound like, like the only thing I can imagine is like a wise old owl in a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, an, an owl, like, you know, slowly slipping into senility, yeah. teaching his classroom about... <laughs> if you don't stretch you know, first, the aliens are going to come down and they're going to eat your brains. Yes, they're going to dissect us one by one, so we might as well learn anatomy now, just in case we can find an immunity to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. There seems to be a delay because we're talking over each other. And Jacob, I'm going to do something real a quick. A little bit. I'm going to say one, and you want. I want you to repeat it back to me. One. One. Fuck me. Really? There's that much of a break? Oh, everybody, I'm going to have to pause like, then. Like I'm what? Gonna... Like, a, like a half, like a second? No. Like, I oh, made a sandwich, right. I ate it, I enjoyed it, I took a nap, um, and then I, I had a poop, and I was kind of constipated, so I was in there for a while, and then I decided, hey, you know what, I haven't finished this book. I read the entire book, and then I came back, and then you answered me. <laughs> Damn it. I know, I, I, basically, okay, yeah, watching that first, like, mini-series mini of G.I. Joe, I was, like, expecting to, like, go into my favorite pizzeria, getting, like, you know... Again, my favorite slice of pizza, only to have it fucking burnt with dog shit on it. Oh, this isn't me. This is tofu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dragonfire is tough. And here's the other thing that switched. Um, Mattel, not Mattel, sorry, Marvel um, had their own animation division during much of the 80s. And uh, they, they were producing Transformers and G.I. Joe and a bunch of great series that we knew. And they produced it, but they, you know, of course, animated overseas. But then in the late 80s, they kind of hit a wall. And, and the problem was that the guy who owned Revlon owned Marvel, and he also owned New World. New World's movies were costing too much and bringing in too little money. And this guy liked to add, basically what he liked to do was, uh, in order to buy other companies, he would use the money from, like, say, Marvel all their profits he would use to buy another company. So then if things didn't go right at Marvel, all of a sudden they're in deep shit financially and they had to cancel a bunch of their series. He did this in 96 when Marvel actually did go bankrupt. And they had to cancel everything except for like eight titles. They were in dire straits and I think they almost went to DC. Like they were going to share distribution or sell the rights. And uh, Oh, good God. Yeah. And the Revlon guy, he ruined New World Pictures and they had some decent flicks in there but he had to sell them off and and he sold off the Marvel division, I believe. Uh, Marvel had bought uh, the animations uh, production house from Frizz Freeling and DePatty, who are known for doing like the the Pink Panther and and Hoot Hoot, oh, shit. yeah, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so Marvel's no longer making GI Joe. Deke is now in the business, and and Deke I think is a, a lower level company. I think the only thing they did that was absolutely mind blowingly great was Inspector Gadget. Oh my God, cannot go wrong with Inspector Gadget. That was another theme song. Again, it really wasn't any lyrics uh, to it except for you know the uh, just the basic chorus, and then you just have like uh, the villain just going, "I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time." Shit. I can't do that voice, can I? Oh, Gadget, that's the right place. Rub me the way I know you like it. Oh yes. <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin. And it's <laughs> 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 I know that's fucking gross. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about the voice that um, that uh, what's his name? Uh, Mad Max, uh, Bane did in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Uh, the way he does that. Yeah. The corrupt government in Gotham City, and then just having him do 
Dr. Claw's voice. Oh, gadgets. You're still corrupt. Your arms are everywhere. I can't wait to break you. <laughs> oh, next, I will get you next time, Gadget. This is not the end. There will be more. And there will cost you more pain. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude. Oh, speaking of Tom Hardy, God, he's been cast as Venom. Yeah. And they announced that the villain. They announced that the villain's going to be Carnage. So it, it's from the writers of Zombieland and Deadpool, uh, Reese and shit. I can't remember, but they're the guys who also wrote Life. Um, now people are saying that Life started off as a script for Venom, like it's a prequel. The creature apparently is the black costume, and so I'm curious. The symbiote. Mm. If that's, I haven't seen it. Have you seen Life yet? No, I haven't. But I'm like, eh, I don't really sit too well with that. And you know, Kevin Feige, um, I guess his his uh, reaction to uh, I guess that Sony chairman announcing that they're going to be part of the MCU and Kevin Feige, and because there's this you know viral meme of of uh, the viral g- uh, gif of a uh, Kevin Feige just like making like quizzing a quiz a uh, uh, puzzling look constantly to that announcement. I, I mean, yeah, it, it could be cool for them to be part of the MCU because, honestly, that's where Venom and Carnage started with some Spider-Man. But, again, if MC, if the uh, Marvel Studios had any say in the Venom spinoff, the sad thing is uh, they'd want to make it too PG. I don't see... Boy, I'm sorry. I, I'm see, I got rid of my chair and I'm sitting on the couch. You can probably hear it. It's loud. I, I should probably get my chair back. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, no, again, it... Again, Carnage, in order to do it right, you need an R rating. This guy's a serial murderer. It's like some of your comic books have such very graphic content. What, look at the, look, one issue of The Punisher. I can't. I haven't read an issue where a guy isn't getting his head blown off. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You also got the the Netflix series, like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Daredevil. Daredevil was brutal as fuck. Oh, my God. Uh, that is definitely an R-rated mature show. <laughs> you got, Kevin Feige's too much. I, I, I love Kevin Feige. I'm glad, like, you know, how successful the Marvel Studios films have been. But when it comes to pushing the, the uh, pushing a boundary, it's a little bit of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, back sorry, to G.I. No, Joe. Uh, again, I'm thinking... We're way okay. off topic, um, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking at this right now, and, and I guess the, Hasbro had been funding G.I. Joe out of their own pocket. So, uh, so I, they must have paid Marvel and then, I guess, Sunbow for a while, and then Deke. They must have been paying all for for all of it, but then they were reaping the commercial benefits and maybe like splitting some of the revenue with the animation house. I'm not sure how that worked, but it says they got a ridiculous deal from Deke to take over the series. Now I don't know if that means Deke was now paying for it instead of Hasbro. Well, I guess it helps sell the toys. You know, it still keeps the toy line out there. Mm. But I do know this: this is a time period when GI Joe got really shitty. Like the toys just fucking sucked. You know, they were neon, glowing. They had, like, 4,000 new features on them that made no sense. You're not going to go into the military with neon yellow on you. You're just not. It, it, it makes no sense. It's just dumb. I know. Honestly, uh, you think about it. You think about it. I mean, that, that'd only be good for, like, extraction just so you're marked and, you know, your alloys, allies can come and get you. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, heroes in this one, like, you know, we talked about it before. Sergeant Slaughter's in it. Hawk's back as a leader. We have Duke, I know, shows up in season two. Uh, Captain Gridiron was a big deal. And I remember at the time, I thought he was really effing cool with that, that helmet and the cool little rocket launcher. But now I look at it going, no, that's just dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when they came to the, when they, uh, a few years later, like, uh, I think, like, what, late 90s, early 2000s, when they went with the extreme, yeah. uh, G.I. Joe thing, the, that... the toys. 
was that? Was that 96? I know while there, there was like Sergeant Savage, which was like a mini series they ran, like an old school military, more like Sergeant Rock. But at the same time, they did have Extreme G.I. Joe because I remember picking up the comic book from Dark Horse and thinking, this sucks ass. Mm, you think, no, no, you think uh, Dark Horse would have done a great job. I mean, they did a fantastic job. With, well, uh, well, I think it's because of what they're giving. You know, and I feel Republic. Yeah, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, they did a fantastic job with Aliens vs. Predator. But G.I. Joe, I think it might have been dictated by the company, by Hasbro. Um, so Dark Horse didn't have much room to move. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm looking at the toys here. So the miniseries was primarily focused on which toys had been released that season. That was it. And then started reintroducing either newer versions, like, you know, Snake Eyes comes back. A uh, kind of a cool version of Storm Shadow where you had, like, camo uh, hoodie and stuff like that. And then by by this time, Storm Shadow has left Cobra and joined the Joes. And they've started Ninja Force, which I believe was line seven of the G.I. Joes. Oh, wow. And I remember in the comic book, there was this point where they looked at how many G.I. Joes they had. Now, realistically, a military force that goes all over the country, you're going to need hundreds of characters. But it's hard for a writer to focus on those characters. So Marvel was like, you know what, go ahead and kill some of them off. We're cool with that. You know, it wasn't a slow progression. I kid you not, they capture like a dozen of them. And this guy called a saw viper with a machine gun just starts mowing them down. Quick kick dies, doc dies. Uh, I can't remember anybody else that died. But I know Cool Breeze died like the next issue. And then uh, G.I. Joe 2000, which was like this futuristic force, um, that their ships combined into a base. They killed them all off. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. It's like you're cutting all the fat. You know, characters that no one cares about. Except I did kind of like Quick Kick. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I mean, don't cut off some of the fat because I like some of the fat on my face. <laughs> it's tasty. <laughs> I, I like the fat. Very it's tasty. tasty. Juicy. Yeah, no, it gives it that red juice and that chewiness. It's amazing. And it just melts right into your mouth. Oi, vey. Oi. <laughs> uh, some of the cast members here. It looks like this might have been Canadian because Jim Burns, Gary Chalk. Kevin Conway, they're all Canadian actors. But I saw Maurice LaMarche here, who, you know, we all know from uh, uh, Animaniacs. The whole Warner Brothers world used Maurice LaMarche a lot. He played um, Heavy Duty, Low Light, Dusty, Destro, Serpentor, Major Blood. Oh, wow, yeah, no, Major Blood. Oh, geez. Now, that's an easy, now, that's a crazy supervillain name. Yeah, well, I, I, I thought he was kind of a shitty. He was one of the very early, like, sidekicks to, not Cobra Commander, but I think Destro. And um, I always think that if you lose an eye, that you maybe not necessarily need to stay in the military. <laughs> if you're a good military, a bad military, like, uh, go ahead and enjoy your retirement because that, that doesn't seem like it's going to work out for you. <laughs> oh, man. I think that's pretty much it on G.I. Joe. I, I do say stick with yeah. the original series. This is kind of a, an oddball. And it was something I was searching for like crazy. I couldn't find anything uh, you know, on YouTube, so I, I went and bought the series. Thankfully, I, I found it for pretty cheap. And I, I sent you my duplicate copy. Yes, uh, for series uh, two, season two. Yeah, this only lasted anyway. two seasons. Uh, that was probably enough, honestly. Yeah, the the original characters are just that much more entertaining. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What did you say about the original character's name? The original? No, I said the original uh, series is much more entertaining, and it's the characters everybody knows oh, about. Okay, but cool. it, it is odd that there was a period there where GI Joe was like, "All right, well, let's get celebrities." So we have Sergeant Slaughter. They had uh, Refrigerator Perry from the Chicago Bears. Uh, Chicago Bears. Ooh. And then uh, they did have a Rocky 
toy where he had boxing gloves, and apparently he was gonna go up against machine guns with boxing gloves. It's the fucking dumbest thing. Yeah, because they're bulletproof. Yeah, the bulletproof machine. The bulletproof machine guns. <laughs> like the latest high tech. It just goes to show I don't need any weapons. I'll use my bare hands. <laughs> hey yo, okay. I uh, I can't get the clip in there with uh, my gloves on. At least will be able to knock down this wall. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they did a Get prototype, away. and I guess Go they, had, they had a prototype, and they had a sales sheet for it, but then they couldn't get the license, uh, get Stallone to sign off on it, even though MGM was like, "Yeah, go ahead," <laughs> not not realizing that they have to get Stallone's agreement. Um, so they changed exactly. it into, I think, I want to say bald bow or a big bow or something like that, just a guy with a, a Cobra Commander mask on and gloves, and that's it. That's fucking it. It's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's the lamest and most dumbest fucking concept you can come up with. And there's some too simple to change. There are some GI Joes that are so yeah. lame, but that is one of the worst. One, there's one called Crystal Ball, where I think he literally has a crystal ball. I don't think he even had a gun. I was like, what, what the fuck are you doing with a crystal right, right? ball? Right, right. There's a guy named Condor who had these wings that would let him fly, but he was so shitty that they just like you know open fire on him and just take him out of the air. And he could control other condors. Right. No stealth, no like he's, he's a reconnaissance kind of guy. So it's like there's no stealth equipment. Oh god, take him back to the drawing board. You <laughs> fucking idiots. Honestly, I will. I do hope for a part three. I mean, yeah, no, just you can bring back Ray Park for Snake Eyes. He can still do it. He's oh, still totally. Active, still uh, in, in my theory, we discussed this Dude, last time. However. Is my theory is that Channing Tatum is not dead. That you see it blow up, but you don't see him necessarily blow up. I bet you they. No, take you just his, see a disfigured body. Yeah, take his body and then rebuild it like they did in the comic books, where they they added all these. Um, they took all the DNA of all the great warriors of all time, and they injected it into this body, and they turned him into Serpentor, who's supposed to be the Cobra uh, greatest warrior, but he turned out to be the leader, and then Cobra Commander and him always got into it. But it would be kind of cool to see that, like your hero from the first movie is now the villain of the third movie, and what do you do with that? But I guess they're combining it with uh, Micronauts and Mask and uh, Voltron or something. It's like four four uh, series they're trying to build a universe with. Oh, Jesus. That's a little too much. It is, right? Just, I mean, Voltron. Uh, just try two. Just try two. I know. Just two. I mean, they could have done uh, – they could have done Transform. They could have – Oh, thankfully they didn't mix it up with Transformers because Michael Bay would have fucked that up big time. Well, yeah. Well, also think about this. The fact that there's already the military soldiers in there. You know, Josh Duhamel and uh, Tyrese Gibson are part of that military force. They're trying to take out the Transformers. And it would just be the same damn thing. It would be. Again. uh, But uh, not as badass. Okay. I wanted to bring back Heavy Duty. I don't know what. I mean. I liked him. Who else did they kill? They, yeah, I loved Heavy Duty. Well, no, they didn't necessarily, they didn't necessarily kill him off. They just decided that he was no longer part. Well, here's the no, thing. No, not that they killed him off, but um, no, they killed off Mouse. They yeah. killed Mouse. Which is, I don't recall Mouse, Mouse ever being in the comics or the cartoon. I don't recall that character in any way. Mm. Uh, uh, you were saying? Okay, so speaking of Transformers, hey, let's move on to our second cartoon, Beast Wars, which is a far superior cartoon. Yeah, the animation, again, it's like, you know, early 90s computer-generated images. Although they did smooth work. Fuck 
fucking terrible theme song. Terrible, especially considering the original. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, again, there was really no lyrics to it except for just Beast Wars, but it did have, like, this kind of, well, no, not at first. It did get a little, tri- like, a little, like, you know, natural and tribal. Did it? In, like, like the second part, second part of it. Oh, well, I, at least I, it I should have. The theme song did change in season three, but, um... But it's a Transformers more than meets the eye. You know, it's like, oh, so amazing. This one was kind of like, all right, Beast Wars got it. Cool. Moving on. They just got really cheap with the theme song. And again, again, nineties, early 90s computer-generated imagery. So it's a little shot. So if you look at it now, you're like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah, still, it was hard to watch at first. I'm like, Reboot looked like a masterpiece in comparison to Beast Wars. Oh, God, yes. And Reboot being an exception because it's the computer world. There's a uh, metal Beast band Wars, uh, There's a metal band out of New Zealand called Beast Wars. That's fucking amazing. Band of New Zealand. Right on. Love it. That's amazing. Oh, well, it, it's New Zealand, and that's where Lord of the Rings came from, and Flight of the Concords. New Zealand? Okay, so let me talk about this real quick. Last night, I was going to go yeah. see Arge Barker. Arge Barker was a cast member on Flight of the Concords, and it's the second time he's been here. The first time, I didn't even know the show was happening until afterwards. And last night, I, I had a heads up, and for some reason, I ended up getting extreme social anxiety where I couldn't even bring myself to buy the tickets and go there. I'm like, I hate the fucking people in this town. It's a small venue. I'm going to have to sit with these people. But I like Arch Barker. I want to see him. I miss it the first time. But it's 20 bucks. I'm not prepared for this. Oh, my God. I, I don't know what to do. And then I end up having, like, an anxiety attack. And I don't know what the hell that was about. Oh, I know. It's just, like, the uh, the idea of just, like, getting up, going out there, trying to be around those people. And you're like, I don't want to sit next to any of these fucking people. Should I stay or should I go? (laughs) Well, and people ask me why I'm impulsive. And I think I figured out last night. Because if I'm not impulsive, I will uh, start stewing about things. I will start overanalyzing to the point where I cripple myself and I can't make a decision. I have to have that idea enter my head and just do it. And then maybe I buy the tickets and I'm like a week later, I'm like, oh, do I really want to go? Yeah, because I have to go now. I I paid for the tickets. I have to go. And But if I sit there and just kind of hem and haw about it, I won't do it. Oh no, way we go. <laughs> uh, Transformers Generation 1 was one of the most groundbreaking, entertaining cartoons of all time. The film is fantastic. though Even though they, they murdered like half the cast and traumatized a generation of children. <laughs> God, yes. What the fuck? Ironhide. And then Optimus, no less. And then Ultra Magnus. But then he got put back together. Oh, and if you think they die a lot in the cartoons, read the comic book. Man, the Marvel comic book is relentless. They kill Optimus Prime, I think, three times. And Ratchet dies in one of the most horrifying fucking ways I've ever seen in my life. Where, like, this weird time uh, tunnel thing. So Galvatron comes back from the future into our time. And uh, they're creating this, like, time bridge or whatever. And then Ratchet and Megatron are in there together, and they get melded together as one so it's like oh. this freakish thing they're in horrible pain and uh and then they get separated but it's, it's just one of these things but everybody dies it's it's unbelievable the one character i can't stand in the entire transformers universe and everybody loves him but i think he's a fucking idiot is uh um shit dinobot uh... oh uh grimlock thank you brain fart grimlock can't believe I forgot Fucking that. Grimlock was annoying. Yeah, he's an asshole oh, in the he's, comic. He's, he's, he's annoying in the cartoon, but... Um, wait, wait. Does he appear in the cartoon? Do the Dinobots ever uh, show up in the cartoon? In the... I can't recall. I, I believe they do, yes. 
I know they do in the movie. They must have, and I just have amnesia to it. Uh, so when I heard about yeah. Beast Wars, I was like, mm, it's going to be like the Dinobots, and they're all fucking douchebags. But then I saw an episode. Well, this is when I was a sophomore in college, and I was getting ready for class, whatever, and I kind of caught this, and I was like, what is this? And I was kind of fascinated by CGI, because this was kind of new. I mean, Reboot had been, I think, the only thing at the time. And I was like... And Johnny Quest, when they go into Quest World. That's true. Um, and nostalgia kind of kicked in, and I, I always dug the Transformers. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to check this out. And I watched the episode, I was like, hey, that wasn't bad. And uh, the next time it was on, I uh, watched it with my roommate, and he's like, yeah, this is pretty good. And it turned into a group thing where, like, we would get up before class, and we were not early risers in any way whatsoever. We're talking Sunday, crack of noon is when we're getting up. Um, no, man. Well, we play video games all night, you know, watch movies all night, and then we get up at noon, and like, oh, well, we paid for breakfast at the commissary. Well, who gives a shit? We'll eat a big lunch. Um, but we would get up at, like, I think it was on at 8 o'clock in the morning and watch it before class, and that was a weird ritual thing that a, a group of us had. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, though. I mean, I, I, sometimes I, uh, if I got up early enough, I would catch an episode before I'd have to go on the bus to school. And, again, uh, again, uh, my favorite what did have to be Optimus Primal. Again, uh, you know, uh, having familiarity with the original Transformers. But I was kind of confused. I'm like, so wait a minute. Is this Optimus Prime and they're on a different planet and they turn them animals? Or yeah. what the fuck? Well, I'm a wait, kid. Uh, I don't know this shit. Yeah, so it is, it is a sequel, correct? Like an asshole. I just watched yes. like eight episodes. So what I did was I picked... Like, the first and last episode of every season. I, I didn't have time to watch them all. I'm sorry, people. I know some of you are hardcore about the show. Uh, I know that uh, I used to hang out at um, Out of This World Comics. Not Out of This World. Ne- Damn it. Things from Another World. Um, it's the Dark Horse Comics official comic book store across the street from their warehouse. I used to hang out there all the time because my friend Tony worked there. And I lived right down the street. And... There was a guy in there one night bugging the shit out of him over Beast Wars. You know, he's just a guy working the counter. You say something, kind of goes, oh, yeah? And that is not an open field for you to go into an hour-long discussion while the other guy just goes, uh-huh, yeah, right. I'm, you know, I'm going to be closing soon. Uh-huh, yeah, right, sure. Uh, is there anything I can get you? Ah, oh, sweet shit. You know, you get a clue. But this guy did not have a clue. And he went on forever and ever and ever. And I came in. I saw how desperate my friend was to stop this. And I was like, I'm going to take a bullet for my friend. Oh, he's my friend. I'll take it. And uh, so I decided, oh, yeah, tell me more about Beast Wars while he was trying to count the drawers and do inventory. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I fucking got myself into? (laughs) You got yourself into a dark abyss with from which there is no return. Yeah, I think I ended (laughs) it with, um, have you seen a vagina? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the whole time tony's just eyeballing me just like how are we gonna end this buddy thanks for doing this for me but how are you gonna end this and i was like what do i gotta say what do i gotta say to shut this guy up because i tried 10 different ways to i mean like tr- get increasingly ruder and ruder and eventually i just hit this wall where i it was either saying fuck off or saying what i said and i uh, i think i chose the better option Good. So you ran into the wall in accident. Yeah, no. <laughs> I say I asked him the filthy question, which made him clam up. And uh, I kid you not, a month later he comes in <laughs> and he walks in and tells us all that he's a virgin. And I'm like, well, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not alone, but uh, we barely know you, so that's weird. Like, okay, okay. You, uh, you okay. might, you might want to think about who you're sharing this with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Again, uh, again, also, it was another way to relaunch a new toy line, which I think was pretty fantastic. 
Uh, I oh my god, I I had a fuckload of those toys though. I, my brother had like Scorponok and Cheetah and Rat Trap. I had Dinobot, Optimus Prime, and like you know Megatron, like a little. Well, this like little two pack that they started out with, where Optimus is a bat and Megatron's like a crocodile. And then the happiest day of my life, my fucking birthday, I got the giant gorilla Optimus Prime. <laughs> and I had, oh my god, I just went batshit insane. You know, this is there was, a, there was a time when uh, this was not popular in any way whatsoever. It, it, Transformers were dead. I remember being in a uh, toy store where they were clearancing out. Uh, okay, so it, it's Generation 2 was, uh, I think, around 93 or 94. They tried relaunching it, and they had a new comic book series and toys, and I remember they just sat there and rotted. And when I heard about Beast Wars, I was like, well, I might as well watch this cartoon while I can because I'm sure it'll be canceled. No, and then it turned to this, like, Something of a phenomenon for a few years. Oh, God, yeah, it was. Holy shit. You couldn't see... I uh, know, again, you couldn't go down a toy aisle and not see Beast Wars. It was like two aisles worth, like, aisle after aisle, just Beast Wars. Everybody wanted Beast Wars. And that shit was sold out. <laughs> oh, man. Again, uh, I, I think later on, they did kind of trans- turn it into something else. Well, the animation I think it was, changes, uh, too. Transmetals. By season three, the animation is much more elaborate, so it allowed them, I think, to do new character designs that the CGI could handle. Yeah, evidently there was this like little phase that went on with the Energon. It had this this little burst, and it turned them all into these transmetals, kind of. Uh, and I, I had that Optimus Prime as well. Hell, they even had an N sixty four fighting game of uh, Transformers transmetals, and uh, yeah, it was pretty. Again, it was pretty badass. It was nicer. Everybody was so fucking shiny. Like again. The fucking chrome coloring was just fucking nuts. Well, it looks it looks much better oh. in the in the in the second third season. Uh, <laughs> there's something I want to say real quick. Um, there is a movie called Chopping Mall, and I just did an episode about it. And I was doing some research on it. Uh, the original title of Chopping Mall was Killbots. Um, have you seen Chopping Mall? Have you ever heard of it? No. It sounds funny. It's a Roger Corman movie from 1986. It's tongue-in-cheek, but it's also, like, gore-tastic. So it's about these kids who sneak into a mall, and the mall is no longer guarded by people or dogs. It's now guarded by two or three robots. And these robots, um, their brains get fried. It's kind of like short circuit if they were psychopaths. So they're shooting lasers, and they're blowing people's heads off and and killing, you know, like, ripping people apart. And originally, Killbots, (laughs) when it was test-marketed, Chopping Mall was originally called Killbots, and it was test-marketed. And people didn't want to see it because they thought it was based on a children's toy line. <laughs> Who the fuck names <laughs> a toy line Killbots? Come on, get real. Put your head out of your ass. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, it wouldn't be too appealing to kids. But these days, kids would love that fucking shit. Especially if they play Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto Maybe. 5. <laughs> but I'm also thinking that maybe that same year, 1986, you know, the Transformers movie bombed. I wonder if dads were like, I ain't got to go and see no trans nothing. I don't want to see uh, anything turn to anything else. You keep your penises and your vaginas where they belong. <laughs> well, there might have been like one or two that very, very stupid people who might have thought that. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure just one or two? They... Are you sure? Well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep it as low as possible. I'm trying to be modest about it, but no, there'd probably be like 100 fucking people like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's yeah. still people who think the Earth anyway. is flat. <laughs> Come on. Like, oh, God, no. Don't even get me started. Flat that Earthers! That fucking idiot who brought that fucking... Um, that's, no, not as a scale, but uh, a table measure. 
a table measure, like, you know, the one that lines it up to make sure it's straight. Something you use for a, a, cute, a pool table as well. Yeah. He brought it with him on a plane. It didn't level out. <laughs> it didn't change at all. And that was his proof that the Earth is fucking flat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even Shaq thinks it's flat because he was, I don't know, he must have been driving somewhere and he's like, I still, I still travel for miles and miles. This shit ain't flat. This shit is flat. <laughs> I think Shaq like, might have been kidding though. I can't, I can't tell. He's a very dry humor kind of guy. Even watch Kazam, and you can see like he's chewing his gum. Going, yep, yep. This is funny, right? This is funny. No, I'm playing it too flat. All right, <laughs> gonna keep on this trend. <laughs> yeah, I get. Oh man, Beast Wars I, I, animated I by know. Mainframe. Oh. Mainframe are uh, same team behind Reboot. Um, I don't think Mainframe's still around, though. The Canadian company. I feel like they did... Did they do a Reboot sequel, right? I. Oh, yeah, where Enzo's grown up. I'm looking here. What else did they do? Yeah, they did do that. You know, I, I didn't watch the second series, Beast Machines. Have you seen this? Oh, Beast Machines? Uh, no. I just remember there's Beast Wars and there's Beast Wars Transmetals. Mm-hmm. And then I remember an episode also, I think... That jumped it into another phase where they found Optimus, where the Autobots, I guess through some sort of technology, also an Optimus Prime's body showed up, and then Optimus Primal fused his uh, spark with uh, Optimus Prime's, and he became this giant mega fucking badass. I think it's funny that some of the characters keep their name. Here's my problem with: I get used to the characters that I grew up and loved, and so I'm looking and I don't see any of the, like the animal versions of the heroes that I love. Where's Prowl? You know, where where's Ratchet? Where's um uh the the you know like Starscream, you know, we get yes. uh, we get Megatron and get Optimal uh, Pri- Optimus Primal and that's it. And I'm like ah, Optimus Primal. Rat trap, fuck you Rat Trap, you're no replacement for Bumblebee. I know. And then there's Cheetah War. Ugh. And then there's that white tiger one. And then there's Rhinox who's supposed to be like Ironhide. Yeah. Well there's so few characters in that first season. Because the toy line was like just a testing ground to see if anybody gave a shit. Yeah, but the funny thing is, in the show you see them jettison escape pods. So I'm like, there's probably a lot of fucking transformers out there. So I'm you looking know. at this. Uh, Mainframe actually became Rainmaker Entertainment. Ooh. But and now they're doing Surfs what? Up Two, Ratchet and Clank, uh, the Open Season sequels. They are also doing uh, Sly Cooper, uh, which I love that oh, game. Wow. Uh, they're also doing a Ghostbusters... Oh, wait, no, hold on. Scratch what I just said. Uh, and then right now they're doing the Spy Kids show for Netflix. It hasn't come out yet, but it, it's a... Hey, reboot! There's another reboot. A live-action CGI reboot of Reboot. Good <laughs> uh, word. Woo! Well, God, it'd have to be a lot more sophisticated and a lot more high-tech now. Jeez. So is Reboot oh, going to be our new Tron? New Tron franchise? Can I just finish Tron, please? Well, Tron 3? I know. Uh, okay. Well, I think... Disney was in talks with Jared Leto about it. Oh, you know what? I heard that, but yeah. I heard there was going to be a complete reboot, which I don't want. I want them to finish the series where the oh, Tron world no. and Earth become one. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're supposed to cross over and meld, but I I do want them to see, go back into the grid and find some kind of, uh, like, all, like this one little bit, and it's a remnant of uh, Flynn. You know, Jeff Bridges, Kevin yeah. Flynn. You know, and that way, because, I mean, if someone, uh, a user was to die in the grid... Uh, would there, I mean, would death be the actual limit? No, it shouldn't be. He's a user. They're practically godlike. Yeah. It's, oh, God, it's just so complexing, and uh, you can build so much off of that. We, we, you know what? We should do For a whole seven. episode. We should do an episode, because there is a Tron TV series. Um, we Tron should, Uprising. Yeah, we should watch Uprising, then we can discuss the two movies, 
And, uh, you know, while we're at it, let's throw in Last Starfighter just for the hell of it, because that was, like, the next thing after Tron, which had a ton of animation in it. Oh, God, yes, I know. And it was just, again, fantastic and so fun to watch. All right, so this is another Canadian series when it comes to voice work as well. So we have Gary Chalk coming back, Scott McNeil, uh, Blue Man Kuma, Jim Burns. Now, you don't know these names, but if you ever watch a Canadian TV show like Robocop the series or Highlander or anything like that during the 90s, these guys were everywhere. You know, they're, they're a big part of like Stargate and stuff like that. So if you click on their names, you'll definitely know their face. Uh, two video games, yeah. one for the PlayStation. Uh, it was a third-person shooter. And then there was a second one called Transmetals, which is the one I think you know from PlayStation. Uh, yes, it was also for. I think it was also for N sixty four as well. Maybe did you see the Super Nintendo's coming out like a special edition? Yes. Oh God. Oh my God. To be able to play it like a Super Nintendo again, that'd be so awesome. Now, can we uh, Nintendo right now? I'm gonna say uh, if you don't make more copies than you did of the classic NES, which I wanted, and you discontinued. Uh, I am going to come there, and uh, I will be dressed as a slime, and every time you try to leave the building, I will walk in front of you, and I will have Jacob next to me going, wow, 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 you have encountered a slime. What will you do? <laughs> and I will let you into your car. <laughs> yeah, just like chase him to the car, scare the hell out of him, act like you're the blob, like melting everything in your path. Yeah, no, if I have to, I'll, get, I'll get a Wyvern. I'll get a Wyvern costume. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's... I don't know. I don't know why they would sound like they're vomiting, but it works. <laughs> and you'll be next to them going, Damn right, you better run! <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not my son. Who gives a shit? I'm from the future. Go, Dad, go! So, yeah, I, I hope the Super Nintendo, there's way more. I There's not as many games, which disappointed me. It was only 21 instead of, what, I think, 30? 30 for the classic yeah. NES? Still missing some games. It yeah, doesn't no, have SimCity. SimCity was my jam on the Super Nintendo. I know. I know. Don't don't you uh, don't Returns. you give me shit about it. It it was my game. I uh, you had your game too. Uh, I had one where there were smiley I, faces that you would shoot. I'm trying to think what was it? Oh yeah, Power Rangers. That was a fun one. I don't Mighty I didn't play that. Rangers. I played um Ultraman on the Super Nintendo, which was fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh no, that was a fun franchise. Oh god. Do you think they're going to bring back Ultraman for the Godzilla King Kong mashup? <laughs> no, no, they probably won't. Nah, I got, I got a little too giddy there. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Look away, look away. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. That makes me sad. <laughs> uh, but I will say this uh, about um, you know what I wish they had for the Sega Genesis one? What uh, was Battletoads versus Double Dragon? You mentioned Double Dragon. Oh, Battletoads and Double Dragon. You realize I have to hurt you, right? Again, uh, I'm sorry. You better be challenge accepted. You better be. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, we're kind of out of our hour we're out of an hour <laughs> we're out of our time man okay. i want more time we had so much time there was so much time in the world I marty, all my books. marty what's this about time marty what is this about time Zach, we gotta go back we fucked up big time <laughs> uh, anyway, well, uh, here's what happened with the nes uh, uh those systems they couldn't keep up with demand uh not enough supply make more make more i know Please, thank you. Please and thank you. <laughs> All right, again, hopefully this new director, because again, they're doing a spin-off movie about Bumblebee, and then now, nah, and they're also doing Transformers Six Bumblebee with a new director. Hopefully, Bumblebee Tuna. Bumblebee Tuna. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring back Jim Carrey as the voice of Bumblebee. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> better what they have been doing. Yeah. Fucking idiots. God damn it, Universal! Why the fuck didn't they? It wasn't Universal. It was Paramount and DreamWorks. Oh yeah, you're right. What the fuck were they thinking? 
okay, Optimus, you've had your say. Now go home. Stop bothering me. Please. <laughs> Fix that fucking hole in my wall, asshole. <laughs> He's worse than the Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, hey, hey, hey. Oh, no, that, that's Fat Albert's line? Shit, let me, let me try that again. Uh, um, how's it going, everybody? Uh, dynamite? No! And like 18 walls later, you're fired. We can't afford any more walls, you dick. <laughs> I know, and I'm just sitting there crying, like, oh god, I have to sleep with this every day. I have to sleep like this for like the longest time. I don't know if I All my juice is falling out. Wall. My bed is soaked. I hate you guys. You turned me into a mutant. I feel the lovely juice. I can't even drink for myself. <laughs> There was a game for the Atari for the Hawaiian Punch Man. And if I remember correctly, it was like a maze game. And instead of going around the what maze, the you, you just bash through walls. Doing a Hawaiian Punch How many kids ended up in the hospital with concussions because they tried to bash through the wall? It's like, sweet shit, another one. <laughs> and these are all the same people going to those Transformers fucking... movies. I, you know what? I'm going to forgive you on the first one. And, and, and on the second one, you should have been like, Oh, oh, this is fucked up. We shouldn't go to any more of these. And then the third one came out. And the fourth one came out. And the fifth one. You people aren't going to learn. You're just not going to learn. And they dragged the fuck on. Like, why the fuck do they need to be two and a half fucking hours? I know, right? Every Transformers I mean, movie should be an hour and a half. Again, also, you, you got the action right. Character, jokes, humor, all that shit you're trying to ram down our throat, knock that fucking shit off. It, was not, it wasn't even that funny the first time, Michael Bay. Oh, man, God, I hear my back popped up so loud. Okay, everybody, uh, I have to wrap it up. I apologize. In about 10 minutes, I'm going to be doing an episode of Trash Cinema where I discuss Hawk the Slayer and Prisoners of the Lost Universe. I know, I know. You, you probably love them, too. They're great movies, but they're not good movies, if you know what I mean. They're entertaining, but they're shit. They're so bad, but they're so good, like Flash Gordon. Oh, God, yes. Hawk the Slayer is just phenomenal. The other one, not so much, but there's something to talk about. Uh, so, uh, you know, check that out. All of our episodes, including this one here, are going to be saved on an SD card and thrown away. <laughs> Most likely, yes. We cannot let any. We cannot let mankind. We cannot subject mankind to this. No, this is this again. is torturous. Um, uh, no, it's under Retro Rocket Entertainment. I actually forgot where the fuck I am doing. Retro Rocket's the main company for all the podcasts, but you know we set up a page <laughs> for Back in Tunes where you can catch every episode. And not only this, but Comics on Infinite Earths. Comics on Infinite Earths is another podcast of my 7,000 shows. Uh, and Jacob wants to discuss Judge Dredd. And I'm being a cheap asshole, and, and I'm trying to get a copy from the library instead of buying it. <clears throat> it's okay. I don't play it. Hey, you know, hey, you get a good deal from the library. It's 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 wonderful. It's, it's amazing, darling. Do what you got to do. Hey, your tax do money pays for it. Uh, you know what's funny is, uh, if you listen to the show, you'll notice that I go from radio voice, Hey everybody, how's it going? It's the top of the hour, my balls are on the dashboard, and I'm just swinging them around. Wait till the next guy comes in, he's gonna get disgusted. Uh, I go from that voice. <laughs> then I go to the scratchy high pitch voice. I, I don't know why I do this, I have no volume control! <laughs> Oh, whatever it is. If I was a guy walking in that mallet and you had your balls on the dashboard, I'd be like, get those balls off your fucking dashboard. I'll smash them with this fucking mallet. And this Dude. giant mallet would come out of nowhere. I, you know, I, it's on loan from Gallagher. And I'd be like, ah! You're, you're, you're pinky, no, not pinky in the brain. Um, itchy and scratchy, but with my nuts. Oh, God. Hopefully we don't actually get your nuts, because that'll uh, be brutal and painful. When, and when I, I work like, surveillance. I'll be like, you know. Yeah. 
when I worked surveillance, there was a gentleman, and I had him on camera. There was a gentleman who walked into the far, far corner of the casino to the slot machines, and he proceeded to take his balls and penis out and slap them onto the console of one of the games. And I called security, and I said, do not touch that. Escort him out of here and uh, clean that up, please. It's horrifying. I have the video footage. And they proceeded to not tell the guy to leave. They just kind of walked over to him, and he decided to leave on his own. They could have literally arrested him. And, and I was like, has anybody cleaned the machine yet? That's not our job. Really? I'll find somebody to do your job. Thank you. Don't put your balls on tables. Don't do it. Oh, God, no. Keep them in your pants unless you're in a situation in your bedroom and it's consensual and they want it on their forehead or <laughs> want to fondle them. Play with, their bell, play with the bells. Mind the stepchildren. Call it what you will. Teabag. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> oh. All right, I think okay. We gotta go. I said what I can say. Fuck Michael Bay. <laughs> but but don't put your That's it. don't, don't put your balls on his head. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's already a douchebag enough as it is. Everybody, be excellent to each other. And Jacob, send us out. Namaste and good luck. All right, ready to launch. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta put my balls back. <laughs> Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers, robots in disguise. Attack the Autobot Commander! Call in the Decepticon leader! The Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers, from Hasbro.